Blog Talk Radio. Hallelujah. Jesus has overcome the world. He's conquered the grave. And he has your life in his hands. What is your problem today that you're facing? He's conquered the grave. He can handle your situation. He will make a way when there seems to be no way. Set your eyes upon Jesus, the way maker. Hallelujah. We look to Jesus today. You made a way. You made a way. Don't know how, but you did it. You made a way.
episode of Blog Talk Radio. How's everyone doing tonight? Well, I hope you're blessed and highly favored, as the scriptures say, and as we are supposed to be declaring. Tonight, uh, 27th of March, 2018, is going to be a very, very informative show. I always say exciting, and I don't want to keep saying it every week, exciting, exciting, but it really is going to be exciting, folks, because we have two powerful sisters already in the house. I see you. I'm coming to your guests in a little bit, but I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of Blog Talk Radio for the network, Five Smooth Stones. I am your host. My name is Seth. Uh, many of you know me as Brother Seth, Seth. Some of you even Uncle Seven. While I'm at it, I want to welcome the Douglas Kennedy family. Uh, all 13 states of my relatives listening. Uh, not all, at probably right now, but eventually I'm sure they'll be tuning in from various states. And I want to thank you for your support over these years. Okay, these few years we've had our, been doing our thing together. Also, for those followers of Five Smooth Songs that's been tuning in, checking me out ever since 2011. Uh, checking us out because I can't ever say me because Five Smooth Stones, as y'all know by now, is several people that come on and I call us uh, this family uh, of Five Smooth Stones. And by the way, what is the Five Smooth Stones? I say that a lot. Every once in a while, I have to just kind of go over what they are. I'm going to do it really, really briefly because i got to go ahead and go open up this show. we got so much to talk about, and I don't even think this is enough time. So this will be very interesting to see what these sisters have for us tonight in talking about how should we live as the real Israelites today. My, 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 they have their hands full. We'll read the show's description here in a second. But five small stones is nothing more than five answers. Five answers uh, from five questions I asked the Most High many years ago uh, after attending a convention and being just very um, troubled and hard by a lot of the things I was seeing, a lot of the racism I was seeing in the church, very blatant racism. We'll go over that one of these days. But I asked the Father five questions. A lot of you may already have heard it, but I'll go over it briefly. I asked the Father because I kept hearing that the Father was getting ready to use the black man, getting ready to use the black man like never before. And the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. Many of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you attended the same convention. It was called the Kenneth Copeland's Believers Convention. And after uh, attending that convention, I heard it very clear. The Father's getting ready to use use the black man like never before, and the last is going to be first, and the first is going to be last. But it wasn't just one minister saying this. It was I had heard it all throughout just various circles of, 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 of denominations. I just kept hearing this. And I asked the Father about that. Father, what is with you using the black man? What is with you using the black man? I keep hearing people say this, and it sounds racist. Now, keep in mind, I'm, I'm, I'm a so-called black man, but I, I'm not for no okey-doke. I'm not for no gimmicks. I'm not for no uh, deception. And I didn't I, I didn't like how that sounded. It sounded like somebody was just playing with our emotions again, tickling us with all these fantasies. So that was the first question I asked him. Uh, and, and then I said, uh, what is with uh, – hold on, just think, slow down here, Seth. I tell you, these beginning of the shows, I'm always going 100 miles an hour. But I asked him that question. Another question, I don't don't think it's in this order, folks. Uh, I don't believe it's in the proper order, but I know it was the first question. But another question I asked was, can I understand the book of Revelation? I didn't uh, uh, um, trust a lot of the ministers, and 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 I'm talking about Hal Lindsey, Hilton Sutton, all those ministers back then, a lot of them. 
Some of you know those guys. I did not trust Pat Robinson, any of them. TB and PTL was back then. I didn't trust any ministers. I had come to a point where I was done with white men, white males, uh, and really uh, uh, a lot of ministers, but for sure a lot of my white brothers and sisters because I found out, just like with Kenneth Hagin, a lot of them can go very deep in the truth. You can't call them a false prophet because I don't believe they're a false prophet. I think there are people with weaknesses just like a lot of us have. So anyway... And again, guess I'm coming to you, and I just got to lay this foundation real quick. Many people do want to know what are the five smooth stones. So uh, I asked the Father, could I understand the book of Revelation? I didn't trust those ministers that was trying to tell us, the body of Christ, what the Father is doing. I mean, if you're struggling with racism and you don't want to uh, tell the truth about who we are or anything, I didn't know who we are at the time, but I just didn't trust them, okay? So I asked the Father, could I understand the book of Revelation along with what's with you using these black men, what's all these prophecies about you using black men? And then another thing I asked the Most High was, uh, I said, because <laughs> I kept hearing things like uh, there was wars planned as far as 30 years in advance, some wars planned as far as 30 years in advance and a lot of this stuff was staged and fake wars and fake news and, and this Illuminati and one world government, new world order and I was saying uh, Father I want to know what's going on, I just can't trust ABC, CBS these these institutions are full of racism and they're trying to hide something, there's some powerful people uh, behind the scenes and I can't trust these affiliates, uh, I mean these are news stations, so again, I wanted to know what is really going on what is really going on, Father help me, I'm your child I want to be responsible here on this earth I want to know what you are doing in the earth, that was another question I asked another one was I said, Father, I, I keep hearing such things. There's blacks in the Bible, and, and I don't know. And, and the folks, I want y'all to listen to my heart now. This is the heart of a son crawling up on the knee of his father and just simply asking a question. You know, it, it, we can do this, folks. You can do this. You know, that's all it was. Uh, th again, this was not just a, a, any old prayer. This is one of those times you really pray. I was, I was, I was hurt by the church and racism and a lot of things I was seeing and and I just felt like we was getting a lot of black ministers was getting hand-me-downs from, from a lot of these uh, from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminaries, a lot of these, these these places ordaining ministers, but they was really just teaching white supremacy. You know, ham curse, all this stuff, ham curse with black skin, all these things is what I'm talking about, folks. So watch this. I asked the Father, were there any people in the Bible that look like me? That was another question. That was another question I asked him from the heart, again, from the son to a father. Was there any blacks in the Bible? Was there any anybody in that book that looked like me? And I even told the father, I say, Father, I right now think he is blonde hair, blue eyes, the Messiah, that is. But I'm hearing different. I just want to know, was there anybody in the Bible look like me? If the Messiah didn't, did anybody? That was a question I asked the most high. And the last question, I think, I pre I'm pretty sure this one was last, was can I see the world? I said, I didn't ask to be born in the United States. I didn't ask to be born in the United States. And these people are, they're, they're filtering everything. They're, they're, we, we're not taught true history. We're not taught, they, they're spoon feeding us what they want us to, to, to know so we can be service for them. Father, help me to break outside of this. And, and can I see the world? Can I go see other perspectives? You know, folks, cause remember, America is just one thought. There's all kind of thoughts 
uh, or other nations that's got opinions about the Father, the, 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 the Scriptures, life, everything. So these are the five questions I ask the Most High. Those five questions, folks, turned, to, turned into just so happened five answers. Five answers that we, to this day, call five small stones. First stone is the revelation of the true Jews of the Bible, or the true Hebrews of the Bible, or the people of the book. Who were they? Remember, I asked the Father, were they in the Bible that look like me? The second revelation, and not in this no certain order, was the revelation of leprosy. The revelation of leprosy. Now, many of you may not know this, but one form of Bible leprosy is nothing more than white skin, be it in spots or be the whole body continuously white, uh, or we would call it albinism today or vitiligo. Those are forms of leprosy. It has nothing to do with what many of you think in your mind is leprosy. And I, I can't get into it now, but just remember this, Levit Leviticus 13, and about the 13th verse talks about when white skin covers the body, it's, it's spreading and spreading and spreading. And when it covers the body, many of you don't believe me, you don't think it's what I call leprosy, right? But when it covers the body, whatever it is, I know what I think it is. Many of you don't think it is what I think it is. You think it's swords and all that. But whatever this is, whatever this is, the scripture says, when you cover from head to toe, then are you clean. So how much sense would it make if it was sores for you to be covered with sores from head to toe? You're all of a sudden clean and accepted in society. Don't make sense, does it? I submit to you, white skin in biblical times was a plague. I'm talking about albinism, folks. Okay, many whites today would not be considered, um, it would be considered leprosy, but would it, be, it would be considered clean leprosy. I know it sounds really out there, but check it out. You can Google any of these with just simply type in leprosy, fire smooth stone, blog talk radio, and you'll see all of the, the many things that go into science, technology, scripture after scripture after scripture. Remember Moses stuck his hand in his bosom? The Bible says his hand became leprous as what? Snow. Remember Miriam, his sister was smitten with leprosy. The Bible says she became, Miriam became leprous as snow. Folks, I submit to you, it's nothing more than white skin. I'm coming to you, guests, but I got to lay this down. Y'all bear with me, please. Okay? That's the second stone. The third stone I talk about so often. I mean, a lot is white supremacy. I mean, I come at it in a way you've probably never heard. You've probably never heard the, the different angles we come at white supremacy. Another thing I talk about, another stone, is the one world government. The one world government, what exactly is going on? I mean, we talk about all kinds of things on Five Smooth Stones over the years. One world government, new world order, fusion centers, plan wars, fake news. Just we have covered it and covered it. Again, you just simply want to Google one world government. Uh, five Smooth Stone, Blog Talk Radio. And the last but not least I talk about is the kingdom, the solution. And that's mainly what I talk about the most, which is the principles of the scriptures and and just pretty much the whole Bible, folks, the solutions to all of those things I just named. So that is Five Smooth Stones. Hopefully y'all enjoyed that. Uh, but that is something I've been doing for many, many years, and I'm very proud of what the Father has given me. A lot of people have gotten delivered. Uh, started with myself and uh, just from hearing those five smooth stones. So, folks, listen, let's go to the phone lines and bring in our guests. They have been uh, waiting for a minute here, so let's go ahead and see who we have on the phone lines already. Let's see. Okay, let's go ahead to the area code 209 uh, 683. 
uh, that we are indeed the people of the Most High. Let's just start off with a little baby question first. Okay. Uh, well, that that dates me, but it's been over um, 40 years. Came into the knowledge of it. When our family, when we were in back east living in Philadelphia, this is when we really came into the knowledge of it more so then. And uh, periodically, God began to bring uh, me into an understanding. But it's had, it has been over a period of time. But it's been over 40 years, Seth. Mm-hmm. Seth. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Okay, well... And that is true. And um, as Kaviva said, I um, she is my older sister. So um, our family was introduced to understanding this when, you know, we lived on the East Coast. And I think if our mom had just understood it more fully, we probably would have also um, gone over to Dimona in Israel. And Hello? Not a cult. The Most High uh, continued to teach, train, and cultivate us in this understanding. So we were able to continue to live here in the United States as we begin to little by little broaden our understanding, give us that knowledge and wisdom and teach us through the scriptures, teach us through history, we were able to um, walk in it with an understanding, with an authority, um, able to teach it because we understand that this is a truth. And it's coming out now. I'm so proud to see that even in the United States of America today, uh, with the passing of that H.R. 1242, acknowledging that we've been here for 400 years as of next year, 2019, we'll make our 400 years. Um, that's just awesome. Also, I found out that Congress passed a law, but they had they have not publicly acknowledged it yet during the term of President Barack Obama that Congress in the United States is going to issue a formal apology to um, African Americans for slavery. So this is all the most high. It's nothing made up. It's not the movement of one man that we can say, oh, it was um, Wahula Wahoo in Philadelphia that's teaching the African-American people that they're Hebrews. No. So if they shoot a man because he's teaching that we're Hebrews, they're not going to be able to stop the move of the most high because it is not of one man or one woman that this understanding is coming it is because the Most High is waking Zion up, and we are being awakened to the truth that we are the biblical Hebrews. Did you have anything to add, Kabiva? So it's in. I'm not sure what's going on, but I can't hear anyone.
We're still on the Blog Talk Radio. I, I okay, know okay, on. here we go, here we go. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, folks. All right. Uh, um, we heard you loud and clear, and we appreciate that powerful uh, bio there. We're going to get more into who Kaviva is in a little bit. Uh, Sister Eliana, you want to go ahead and just, uh, again, I know a lot of people know who you are, but just go ahead and just tell everybody get, how to get a hold of you and uh, anything you want to share about your bio, maybe that you missed the last few weeks. Since you've been on about five weeks, so pretty much everybody should know who you are, but go ahead, please, if you don't mind. Okay, so, again, if if you have heard me before, I'm Eliana Batya. I have a congregation in Merced, California, which is the Central Valley of California here in the United States of America. I do have um, the Facebook page. It's called Beth Shalom Mashiach. I also uh, did um, some radio programs through Blog Talk Radio called The Wisdom of Torah. If you've ever listened to it, I was teaching on the Kehillim, which is the Psalms. And um, I also have a, a blog called um, uh, my blog. I can't think of the name of my blog. I just posted to my blog. <laughs> but I'm pretty active on the Internet. You type in Eliana, E-L-I-A-N-A, Batya, B-A-T-Y-A-H. I come up all over the place in uh, on Google because I'm pretty active and I do a lot of posting, sharing, teaching, talking about who we are and just trying to bring relevant truth. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, my email address is bethshalomjg at gmail.com. And that is how you can get a hold of me um, if you want to reach out to me. I do get a lot of emails. I get a lot of questions. People ask, do I do, in, in all of my teachings, people want to know if I do marriage counseling. And I do do that. I'm not a, an official counselor. But I do have a lot of wisdom around the area of marriage. And so I do give out some information on how to keep your marriage strong, how to stay together, because marriage is not for cowards and it's not for the immature. It is a mature responsibility and commitment when you make it. It's not to be made lightly. It is to be made for the long haul. So, yes, I do do that as well. But mostly my heart is really, really excited about talking to people, helping them understand who they are, and then helping them understand who the Most High is as well, because we have to have that relationship with the Father. We have to come into um, a committed walk with Him. You know, we'll go into a lot of things later, but just one of the things I want to say, what brought us to this point? See, a lot of us here in the United States, we don't understand, you know, why I was listening to some some um, uh, some uh, YouTube videos of, you know, recent deaths. I mean, people who, they've been hearing it. They've been hearing about the young men being shot. But, but now I heard one young lady just weeping. It, it, it came home to their community. They're a um, Hebrew community, a, a family living in a, an affluent community, in, I believe, in Illinois. And her 21-year-old brother was killed just trying to walk home. She was just weeping. She was crying. It's happening all over. But many of us ask the question, why? It's 2018. Why are the police allowed to kill us? Why are they not being stopped? 
Why is this happening? And there's a very simple answer. The Most High has allowed it because of things that happened long ago with our ancestors. And that's why it's important for you to understand who you are as a Hebrew. Because if you don't understand, you're destined to repeat all of the mistakes of our forefathers and that these curses will be upon your children and your children's children for forever. So we have to understand who we are so we know how to operate today and how to operate in the presence of the Most High and to come in line with his plan for us. So that's what I yes, like yes. to do with people. All right. Well, so, I appreciate that. That was pretty good. And uh, I want you to hit on a little later on. I know when you say the Most High is allowing us to be shot, I can only imagine what some people are thinking. Uh, so I want you to elaborate on that just a little bit. Well, I'll tell you what, hold on. Hold that thought, because we're going to get into all of this, folks. And we ain't going to hold no punches. We're going we're gonna to be serious tonight. We're going to be spiritual, and we hope to be the voice, the uh, mouthpiece of the Most High tonight on this radio blog. We're very serious. These are very serious sisters. I talk with Sister Eliana every once in a while offline, and uh, this sister has a very good spirit, and she's full of hope, and I would love to hear what she has to say about that comment she made, and uh, it's the truth, though. So let's go in and read uh, the show's uh, description for those that call Five Smooth Stone every single week, and you don't know what's going on. You really don't. You just call the show or every Tuesday, call that number. Earlier, I sent this out to a lot of people. How should we live as the real Israelites today? I went on to type, worldwide, millions recognize the real Israelites, who happens to be vastly dark-skinned. Many knew that their identity as Israelites asked the questions, how do we live as the real Israelites, in parentheses, Jews, in today's world? So, in details, they asked further, how does the how does this truth enhance our relationship with the Most High? Good question. How does we raise a family today as Israelites? Furthermore, these Israelites ask, how should we see the business world and politics? Finally, some ask also, what is the difference between Christianity and Hebrew Israelite? So that is what I sent Earlier, I went on to say, join us Tuesday, 20, uh, the 27th of March, 2018, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, when powerful Israelite sisters Eliana and Kaviva revisit these questions and allow the Father's Spirit to bless those with ears to hear. Folks, that's what's happening tonight. We're just simply answering the question, how do we live as the real Israelites today, and we are truly what they call baby Israel, or the real Israelites. We are the real deal. We fulfill scriptures more than any other people. We fulfill the scriptures set forth throughout the Bible, not just Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, which we're always quoting from, but the entire Bible that talks about what Israel is going to go through. And Sister Eliana just kind of hit on a little bit with the whole shooting. It's not that the Father wants us to get shot, wants us to suffer, but he told our four parents, Amos 3 and 2, the book of Amos, 
chapter 3, verse 2 says, Of all the nations of the earth, you have I known, meaning intimately, uh, I've known you intimately. Of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Therefore, I will punish you for all your transgressions. Well, we would think he punished everybody. So why did he have to say that? No, this is going to be different. This is going to be a little worse. Leviticus 26 talks about it being seven times worse than other nations. But it's not just about cursing, cursing, cursing. We did talk about that in Reality Check Part 2. If you want to, uh, those of you that don't like hearing the word curse, and you've been taught that you bless, 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 and if you're obedient and serving the Father, you don't have to worry about anything, any, any calamity coming near your way. That's what the Bible declares. But you got to make sure you're fulfilling your end of the bargain. You got to make sure you're keeping your mind in him. You got to make sure you're walking in faith. You got to make sure you're, t- you're training up the child in the way they should go. The scripture says that if you claim these blessings, they are yours. This is not about just we just have to go through. We just have to be cursed. And, and even as a believer, just because you are now a part of the church, you know, and you've been made righteous through the blood. That don't mean you're not going to suffer if you don't obey those scriptures or follow those scriptures or follow the wisdom of uh, of the scriptures. You can suffer just like anybody that don't know the Creator. So these curses is going to be upon a nation tonight. There's two conversations going on: one on individuals and one on a nation. Sisters, I want y'all to really pay attention to this. Uh, um, be careful how you say things is going to be on the individual and things is going to be up on a nation. I believe that this nation called African America is, is, is final, is going to the final stages of these curses. And I do mean the final stages because, as Sister Eliana says, we are approaching 400 years. And there are some prophecies that say after 400 years, he would bring us out. Remember, we're repeating everything. Everything is to repeat according to Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. So tonight really isn't about just, it's, it's not It's not going to be a gloomy show. It's not going to be a show just talking about everything that's going wrong with us. It, there's a lot of hope in this show tonight. We're going to talk about what is exactly going on. We know what's going on to our people. We ain't guessing tonight. Well, I'm going to say it again. We're not guessing. We know it. We know it by the scriptures. We're living it out. There's nothing that's happening to us in these streets and in these boardrooms and in these churches and everywhere else that's not already been prophesied that this people will go through. I'm going to say that one more time. Family, human family, there is nothing African Americans are going through that the scriptures didn't already say they would go through because they are one of the lost tribes of Israel, the most documented people scripturally on the planet. Everything about us is in that book. Everything about us, how we feel is in that book. When we mourn as a nation, it's in that book. How we mourn as a nation, what we will say when we mourn as a nation, what our churches are going through, what our elders are going through, what our young people are going through. The traps they're setting before us, the tricks they're trying to pull on us, them putting us in prisons. Everything, if we go through it collectively as a people, it's in the Bible. No other people can 
say that. If there is another person, another people, excuse me, that can say the very same thing, that have the very same plight, like in South Africa or maybe the Aborigines in Australia or maybe the, the untouchables, so-called untouchables, or the Dalits in India, they're nothing more than another lost tribe. The Father has not abandoned us. He knows exactly who we are, where we are. He's with us. And these things were supposed to be upon Israel's children, 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 if they did not pass down those laws, precepts, concepts, and they didn't do it. That's what Sister Eliana was kind of hitting to, hitting on. We're just living out what is to happen to us when we walk in rebellion. But if you and your house, now I'm talking about individuals, if you and your house are obedient in the things the Father show you day by day, minute by minute by his spirit, he loves you. He loves us. I'm going to say it again. He loves us. He really loves us. And he don't want none of us to come near our dwelling. But we have to turn to him one by one. And that's what we're saying tonight. Tonight we're talking about how do we live? How do we live? How do we live, sisters? So I'm going to go back to Sister Gaviva. And I would love for you to just start off. Let's take it. Let's take it. Let's just just take a little bit at a time. Um, Let's talk about uh, the difference between Christianity and uh, Hebrew Israelite. Uh, That'll be the first question I want you, Sister Kaviva, to answer. The difference. What is the difference? Those, uh, I don't want to say babies, but those listening, maybe for the first time, and they quite don't understand the difference. Let's hit that. We don't want to spend a lot of time because this show is mainly wants to talk about, we mainly want to hit on how do we live, but there are some people that are unclear as to what do y'all mean by Hebrew Israelite. So let's clear up that first. What is a Hebrew Israelite? What is the difference, sister? Well, um, Brother Seth, you know, um, the... um, the uh, prophet from um, Demona was hitting on something when he says it's a lifestyle change. And Christianity is uh, something that was developed by, um, let's go here, by the Roman Catholic Church that's set up. And okay. every church that we have today is kind of under that umbrella of what, the Roman Catholic Church set up many years ago, which was really for political reasons. They wanted to be in control of the people okay. and, and control the masses. So this is what you have. And then they begin to set up their order of worship and form of worship. Uh, and this is what we have been following in Christianity In as we broke it down. Of course, you you know, you go through uh, different... Um, Seasons of the church, meaning like if you look at the Roman Catholics and then you get into the Lutherans and you get into the Protestants and you break it on down and then it goes all the way down into the Baptists and then the Pentecostal. But the basic rudiment of what they're following, was, which was set up by the Roman Catholic Church. And so that's kind of what we need to see and understand. Uh, and, and basically... Um, what happened, a lot of the teachings lost uh, uh, from the Catholic Church or from that Christian teaching lost um, some root of what God, because they were divorcing themselves from uh, the, its Hebrew, uh, Hebrew roots, 
you see, because they believed that they were the new uh, Jerusalem or the new Jews or the new people because of Christianity. So they divorced themselves from their Hebrew roots of Scripture, uh, the things that God really wanted us to really follow, what he had really set up for us to follow and 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 to uh, to look for and to govern ourselves under which was his laws and his commandments which yet we know that people say all oh, the law was abolished but it wasn't because um Yeshua said he didn't come to abolish the law but he came to fulfill the law so the law must be uh um uh kept in place and that's something for us to be governed because governed by and this is what the Lord gave me about it the, the father he said to me that we are to be governed by the law and covered by his grace and so we need that to keep ourselves from sinning so what does it what what makes it the difference when we go back to the root of what God what Yeshua was teaching when he came before he died on the cross. He went back to um, Moses, and that which was handed down to Moses, he said, did not Moses say? So we have to go back, even if we look at it, and we go back into Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter, uh, what is that, Jeremiah chapter um, uh, 6 and 16. What does the word say there? It, It says that we were to go to the crossroads. There and okay. inquire uh, and ask about the ancient path, you see. And he said, in that path, when we find that path, we will find rest. And he said, and walk therein, and in it we will find rest for our souls. So what we're doing now, in order to be this Hebrew, the, we have to go back to the ancient path, that ancient teaching, yet we're not um, leaving the Ruach of God, his grace or his mercy or his love or the, 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 the commandments of God. We are going back to so that we can be reestablished as Hebrew children uh, of the Most High God. So this, okay. is, this is one of the things, you know, um, that I believe that dis- will distinguish us from being um, <clears throat> from uh, Christianity uh, okay. and uh, being the Hebrew children, because of course a lot of people in Christianity today do not want to identify with the law of God; they just want to deal with the grace of God. So, and this will this will distinguish us and set us apart, which that's what God said in His Word. Uh, so this is a part of what I believe. And, and Sister Eliano, she can come on in and say something. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And uh, you're you're that was absolutely good. That was good. Yeah, you're absolutely correct in that because um, the Most High wants us to follow those ancient paths. Now, when we came through that trans, you know, our ancestors, shall I say, came through the transatlantic slave trade, and we passed through with them in, the, in their loins, in, the, in their seed. We were not, we had not come forth on the earth, but we passed through their loins through this transatlantic slave trade. And so when we got on these shores, when our ancestors got on these shores and we came with them inside of their loins and we were encapsulated within them, they were 
taken away from their homeland. They were taken away from their laws. They were taken away from their government. They were taken away from their statutes because their their ancestors, it wasn't the group that was taken that actually had sinned against the Most High. It was the ancestors before them because we have to remember, our Father is very gracious. He's long-suffering. So maybe for a, a, a thousand years or, or, you know, 800 years, he had been talking to our ancestors before those that were captured and taken were even taken off the shores. We, inside of them, came, and now we are, have come forth. So by this time, we had divorced ourselves or we had been divorced from the understanding. So just as Kavita said, Jeremiah 6.16, in order for us to fully return to the Most High, we have to go back and inquire of the ancient path, the ancient way, the ancient understanding. And he said ancient because in the time that Jeremiah prophesied this, the, the children of Israel were walking in present knowledge of the things of the Most High. So he actually prophesied this to our generation because it was going to be for us an ancient way. So that's why we it's important for us to understand who we are. Christianity came and took parts of what the, the commandments were, parts of the laws. Catholicism encapsulated in its understanding of the Roman or the Greco-Roman um, teaching and set up an order. They set up an order. And then they forced that order around the earth. And by the time we were born, we thought, this is the way. This is the way. But we found out it's not the way. So we have to go back to the ancient path. And that's what being a Hebrew yes, and yes. owning up to being a Hebrew is about. It's about going back to the ancient path. What did the father originally command his people to do? You know, here's the beautiful thing. The Hebrew people... Out of all the earth were the most stubborn, stiff-necked, you know. I would say we were really the worst. <laughs> we think we're the best, but we are through the Most High, and I don't want to put anybody down. And that's what I'm not trying. I'm trying to say. The Most High said we were the worst, and he took the worst people in the earth and gave them the most glorious, rich heritage, laws, commandments, uh, miracles, um, everything, and he wanted to show the nation that we could live out his laws and we could teach his laws, but we had our own way. We, he always called us stiff neck. and just think about it. Just think about it. You just look around at our community, and we're still the same. So if you want to understand who the Hebrews are and how they were in ancient times, just go out your front door or go into any predominantly African-American community, you're going to see Hebrews from with an ancient spirit operating in the modern. Go into any church and you'll see Hebrews with an ancient spirit operating. I want to yes. chime in here a little bit, just, just for a second. I don't want you to stop, though. I just want just a little quick interjection. Could it be when you say we are the worst, we are the worst, because I don't want to in any way um, what can I say? Feed. Uh, we already beat down at the bottom in every single aspect of life, and then 
if it's just like we're just made to be worse than everybody else see, people don't know the glory of Israel. And I don't know if we get a chance to even talk about it in this show. So if we don't tell them the glory, which we probably will, I'm sure you sisters are good, I'm sure we're going to hit on it. But, folks, there was never a nation like Israel. I think Sister Eliana right. is on something when she says they were stiff-necked. But I don't know if it was the most stiff-necked. Just, it's just Brother Seth talking, and I want her to finish. Do not forget your training thought. I just have to jump in really quickly. Would, would you say that the Father chose a people that's probably like any other people, and he said, I can't have a relationship with everybody at the same time, and it'd be put in a book if the book would be too big. So I'm going to choose this man who loves me, who has faith in me, and I'm going to bless his seed. And later on he called those people Israelites or Israel. But could it be we're like any other people, but all the people couldn't have an Abraham and millions of Abrahams and the father be, I know it's about his, his faith, but what I'm saying is we know, I'm sure there was other people on earth that had faith, what I'm trying to say is if the father had a had a relationship with everybody at the same time, we could not we would not be able to keep up with who he is. He had to do just one at a time, so to speak. Just one person, one people, as Amos three and two say of all the nations of the earth, you have I opened myself up to. So could it be that or do you think it we really are worse than all the others? I think that what the Father was trying to let us know at, in the beginning of our inheritance, I was looking for the scripture when he says your, your, your mother was, I believe he said a Hittite, and your father was an Amorite, I believe, looking for that scripture. God, you know, the Most High began to tell, to give Israel a reality check, like we're talking about. Now, I believe that all people of the earth are basically have the same root character. But what the Most High was trying to say is that the nation, the reason why he redeemed Israel, because there were some things in our nature. And, and, and just to, not to interrupt you, but uh, Ezekiel 16 and 3 is what you was trying to find. Ezekiel 16 and 3, everybody. Go ahead. Okay, great, because I want to go there. and uh, Could you read it out for me, Seth? Okay, sure. Okay, just Ezekiel 16 and 3. Is that it? Or you want me to read more? Yes. Read that, read that, and then And say, thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite, and thy mother an Hittite. Okay, read a little bit more. A little bit more? Okay. Just read a little more, yeah. And as for the nativity, in the day that thou was born, thy navel was not cut, neither was thou washed in water to to supple thee. Thou was not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pitied thee to thee. Hold up. <laughs> That's something right there. Got to read that again. <laughs> None I pitied thee. To do any of these unto thee, to have compassion upon thee, but thou wast cast out in the open field to the looting of thy person in the day thou wast born. And when I was passed by thee and saw thee thy polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, When thou wast wasting thy blood, live, 
Yea, I say it unto thee, when thy waste and thy blood live. Great, thank you. So that's what I was trying to say. That's the, that is the description that the Most High told our forefathers about our beginnings as a nation of people. So we have to remember a lot you of know, things. You know, I've got to say this really quickly. I've I, I got to say this, and, I, and I'm going to let you do your thing, because you just brought up something really quick, and it's going to take less than hopefully 20 seconds. But this scripture, Ezekiel 16.6, 16, is, is what my mother used to always tell my little brother. He used to have a nosebleed. My little brother would always have this nosebleed periodically, and she would always say, go read Ezekiel 16.6, and his nose will stop bleeding. Folks, if I'm lying, I'm flying. I mean, I'm telling you all the truth. This boy's nose would stop bleeding. We would always say, Mama, uh, putts, we call it put. He puts nose bleeding, and she said, well, tell me, turn Ezekiel 16.6, and he would read it. And after a while, he'd start quoting it verbatim. And we would, we, would, we just thought that's what you do when your nose bleed. That is so funny, you reading that in that context. <laughs> I haven't done it in years. I haven't seen that script in years. That is powerful. But go ahead. Yes, I just have to ask that. Ask that. <laughs> That's a true story, folks, I promise you. And I'm sure my sisters and brothers listening is getting a good laugh because they know that to be true. We just thought that's the way you stop nosebleeds. Read Ezekiel 16.6. So go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. That's you. Your mom had a lot of faith, you know, because she knew the word. Most Hebrew mothers do know the word. But what we're talking about is the understanding that we are Hebrew because they told us we were Gentiles. And then they made us accept our Messiah, our brothers, as our Lord and Savior. And then they said we were part of, you know, engrafted in. But they never told us that we were Hebrews and that they were the Gentiles. So we, so what we're talking about is understanding we are faithful to the word. We are faithful, you know, as a people, even when we're out there real bad, you know, smoking you know, blunts and, and, and doing all kinds of stuff, we will quote the scripture. We always quote the word. There's very few Hebrew people that's out there in the world, they can tell you they don't go to church and they don't believe this and that and the other, and they'll just let one situation happen. And they can quote the word better than you. You can get into an argument with any Hebrew. They come out of jail and they know not only the Quran, but they know the word. I mean, and they'll say they don't believe one, but they will know it. And then when they get into trouble, they will go to the scripture. This is a fact because this is something that the Most High wrote in our DNA. Like I was talking about them coming through the transatlantic slave trade. We were in the lawns of our ancestors, but the ancestors that went through the trade were in the lawns of those of our ancestors who rebelled against the Most High. And so that curse was uh, was put upon them, but they were generations removed from the actual deeds done. And we also are many generations removed, yet we are living through what they should have gone through, the punishment, but the 400 years was upon us, upon our generations past 400 years ago. So what I'm saying is, the Most High was describing the condition of his people that he loves. And he was saying, yeah. you guys didn't look too good. Not saying we're inherently evil. We are not an inherently evil people. But we are a very hard-headed people. And that's what the Most High was trying to get us to understand. And I still chose you. I love you. I raised you up. 
I clothed you, I beautified you. You know how it is when, think about it, girl, if you've ever grew up in an all-black community, which most of us did if we're a certain age plus, I'm not going to tell my age, <laughs> but if we're a certain <laughs> age plus, you grew up in an all-black community because the, the opportunity to grow up in a, in a mixed in, uh, a community or an affluent community was not afforded to us in this country, and we know that. But remember, and I'm going to say this to the guys, and, this, and it applies to the girls. But I'm going to really say it to the guys because the men, African-American men, would see a woman, a young lady, and would just pass her by. They were looking for the beautiful one. You know, we talked about that on the last show about the skin color. We were, they were looking right. for a lighter skin because she, right. she had something in her, a little hair longer or whatever. But you know how you guys were when it was some special occasion, a prom or something, and those very sisters that you didn't think was beautiful, or maybe if they were young, but they started to develop and they started getting their hair done, nails. And y'all said, "Bam, man! Oh my God, was that was that Shaniqua? What happened, man? She, you know, the most I did for us when he beautified us. He was like, "Wow, look at Israel!" And that's what happens, you know, when sisters put on a weave and they get their hair done. They can be, I mean, look, the, the, the Queen of Sheba, they could, they could be, you know, passed as the, the, the princess of, of, of the earth because of the beauty that is within us that comes out when we are doing the right things for ourselves and taking care of ourselves. This is what the Most High was really talking about. Not that we're a very evil people, not that we're a bad people, but we are one of the most stubborn people. Now, I was listening to a teaching a few uh, hours ago, and they were talking about there's another people. And the most I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to call for a nation. They are the most fearsome nation on the face of the earth. They don't care for the young or the old. So nations can have these traits in them. We are probably the most hard-headed. They, and we know who they are, they are our oppressors. They are the most fearsome. They love blood. They love killing. They don't mind if it's a young person, an old person. They kill for sport. They're cruel. I was just thinking about if you were ever on a camping trip with this people and things go wrong or you're in an airplane and things go wrong and then it looks like there's a survival and a rescue thing that needs to happen, these people will panic and within a few days will come up with the decision that one of their group has to die and they have to eat them in order to survive. Because they don't know the most high like we know the most high. We'll call upon the name of the Lord, Father, send us a, 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 send us a gazelle, send us something, you know, and we'll wait for that. But they will decide to kill one of their comrades, and please don't be among them, because their survival is more important to them than yours. You will be on the dinner menu. For these people, <laughs> you're funny. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> but it's the truth. I know. But let, let me say something. I, I'm I'm a little slow tonight. I don't know for some reason. You said something early, and I don't want you to stop or yet. It's just um, I want to ask a question. Now, I'm thinking of some scriptures that kind of lean towards you. What you said that they're a very disobedient. And I would love to know, and sister, later Sister Kaviva can jump in here, and I would like her to ask, answer this uh, same question I'm putting to you now. 
But I want you to finish up here, Charlie, and then I want to go to Sister Kaviva because I want to hear what she has to say about this one. But you mentioned about us being this thick, stiff neck. And again, folks, you listen to Five Smooth Stones. We're talking about how do we live? How do we live? We want to hit that a little harder. How do we live today? But we're right now talking about the difference between Christianity and Hebrew Israelite. Uh, but Sister Eliana, could it be that we were rebellious? If we were the most rebellious, as you say, I don't quite see it that way, but perhaps we are or were the most rebellious. Could it be, if it's true what you're saying, perhaps it's true because the Father is because of who we are, because of our heritage. Sometimes when kids are are given more, there's more to rebel. You know what I'm saying? Without the law, uh, there was no sin. Once the law was given, sin reviving, I died. Once we were the people with the law, with these 613 laws, or however many it was, could it be because we got the standard, we were able to sin more, whereas another nation didn't even know. I mean, I rebel. I guess what I'm saying is, could you, do you think the rebellion connects some kind of way with our identity? Because it's just, I'm having a hard time swallowing us as a nation and, 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 and the other 11 tribes as well. Just hard-headed, more hard-headed than all these folks. Now keep in mind, the most I destroying a lot of these other people. Because they are so, so godless. So without Yah. He's just destroying them, some of them, because of their sins. They're dying off like flies, a lot of them. And that's one re- another reason he went with Israel. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you think our rebellion have to do with who we are and who we serve and the fact he gave us laws and we know better? Comment on that, please. Absolutely, I, I do. And, you know, what we have to remember... The Most High is going for a pure line. So knowing the backdrop of what happened on the earth, we are, yes, a rebellious people. We are very stiff-necked. He says it over and over again. So there's, you can't, yes, he did. If, you find, if you find in fault with that, then there's something wrong. You're not reading scripture right. Because this is what he said, not what I said. I'm only paraphrasing what has been said of us. He did say it. As a people. So now the Most High already knew this, but we have to understand another thing. On the earth, going back to Genesis, there were things going on on the earth, in the earth, before. And some of those creations were still there. You know, even after the flood, they came back. So what the Father was looking for is a pure line. Israel within our loins for the most part, you know, even in captivity, there's been a preservation. There's a lot of mixture in Israel. We know this. But then there's also a preservation of the line of Israel through bloodline lineage that is preserved. And we know that medical doctors today want our organs, our skin, and I and I kind of have a feeling that that's why they're 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 killing a lot of our young men, because they're harvesting us because of what we have on the inside. So the Most High already knew what He had created, and and He's looking for that pure line to continue the righteousness on this earth because there's a lot of things on this earth already. There's a lot of stuff on this earth, you know. Well, I don't well, want to call them people. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. I said, I don't want to call them people, but it's a lot of things on the earth. So what the father is looking for, that obedience, because what he did, what he really didn't want, and he, this is part of when they were coming through the wilderness. He said, don't do the practices. Don't intermarry. The reason why you don't intermarry is because you don't know what you're putting in your family tree. But the father knows what's on the earth. And so he said, don't intermarry. It's not because he don't want you to have no fun. But yeah. he wants you to be, he wants you to remain pure. Remain pure. Interesting. So that's one hold of the on, hold, on, hold on, Sister Kaviva, you have any comments on anything she just said? Because I want this sister to keep going. But I well, want you to chime know, in here I and there. Any, 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 can you hear me? Hold, hold on. I can hear you, Sister Kaviva. Go ahead. Sister Yellen, just hold on a second. Well, you know, um, uh, here's another thing that we must understand. What is the father really looking for? He's looking for holiness. One of the things, he's looking for a holy people. You see, he said, be holy for I am holy. And this is one of the greatest things that God is looking for. He's looking for people that he has set apart to come into righteousness and holiness. This is the key that, as a Hebrew, this is what we should be striving for, is holiness within the Father. You see? And so this is one of the things. There's a lot of, like, I agree with Sister Eliana. There's a lot of things on this earth that we don't fully understand that are happening uh, that we could go into and explain and, and talk about. But the bottom line is that we have to understand, we're saying, well, what is the difference in being a Hebrew Israelite and a um, a, a Christian? Yes, yes. And what the real issue is, is that I find in Christianity a lot of times uh, you find people that because they do not uh, follow that which uh, Yeshua said that we are to, he said, look, he said, if if you love me, you will what? Keep my laws and you will obey my teachings. This is what he said in John 14 and 23. So this makes, when, but in Christianity, this is what they fight against. This is the thing that they don't want. They just want that whole, uh, they just want the Ten Commandments, but they don't follow all of the Ten Commandments. They only want certain parts. Like they don't believe in keeping the Sabbath holy. You understand what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> to make a difference in being this Hebrew Israelite, you have to keep all of it. You see? Okay, and but- if you're walking in holiness with the Father, you come back into right standing with the Father. You are moving according to what God has called us to move to, and then we will look set apart. We won't look like our counterparts. We won't look like Christianity. We will look like the children of the Most High. You understand? So this is what God is calling for. Now, this is what I will say uh, Sister Eliana, you can take it on from there because I hear what you're saying and I agree with you wholeheartedly because it's so much. Well, but I just wanted to put that part in about holiness 
This is the key. Well, this is what we well, want. We want me, to be let only. Let me ask you a question, Sister Kaviva, uh, uh, before Sister Eliana. I think Sister Eliana is going to pretty much carry the show tonight, but I think what we should do is probably just kind of interject here and there. But I, no no doubt about it, I think, she, I think she's just anointed to carry the show tonight, and I'm going to let her. But I got a question for both of y'all. I'm one of those persons that look at the Sabbath a little different. Remember, folks, tonight we're talking about how should we live as the real Israelites. We're talking a little bit about right now about the, the difference between Christianity and Hebrew Israelite. After we take a break in a little bit, we're going to come back and ex- talk exclusively about how should we live as the real Israelites. We're going to talk about how should we look at politics, how should we look at, at America, how should we look at the business world, how do you raise your kids, what's the difference? What is the difference, folks? Y'all talk so much about this. you got millions and millions of people just converted to Hebrew Israelite, a lot of people, and it's not really a conversion. It's really something you are, Sister Eliana, I think, was saying earlier, uh, that the, the brother Kazriel was saying as well, that, you you are Israelites, African Americans. You don't have to never acknowledge it. You should, but it's in your blood. That's just who you are. So it's not something you can go join. If, if you can't join it, you are Israel. You can die right now and never acknowledge it. You're still Israel. My mother was Israelite. She died without knowing it. My grandmother, she died without knowing it. Those were Israelites. The blood of King Solomon flowed in their blood. Same bloodline, same DNA. So the question tonight is, what do we do about that? How do we live our life knowing that we are the true Israelites? What do we do? How do we live? How should we look at things? I don't necessarily even believe that a lot of people need to lead their churches. I'm a little different. We're going to hear a different perspective. I'm a little different, I think, than even some than my sisters tonight. The scripture talks about the Shabbat and there being a rest for the saints, a rest that we're supposed to, it says, let us labor, that we may enter into his rest. One gentleman that does a very good job on this is a gentleman by the name of Andrew Womack. Y'all can Google him, Andrew Womack, and just talk about, just Google his name, Andrew Womack with two M's, and then uh, also add Sabbath, Sabbath rest, Andrew Womack. He does a very good job talking about this Sabbath. The scripture said, let us labor to enter into his rest. Now, another scripture talks about uh, what? Another. Oh, let me slow down here. <laughs> okay, Colossians two and seventeen is another scripture I want to bring up. It talks about the the, the Sabbath being a shadow of things to come. Listen to this, Colossians. 2 and 17. This is where a lot of people are stuck at. And maybe tonight with the help of the Father, we can uh, get a, a lot of our brothers and sisters tonight unstuck. But no, make no qualms about it. A lot of people, uh, Sister Eliana and Sister Kaviva, are stuck. They don't know. So we don't want to get to no long, drawn-out debate. I'm just going to tell you my stand and where I'm at at this day and time. Maybe I'm there. Maybe I need to grow a little bit. Or maybe I, it could be the same said about my guests. I don't know. But this is what I know for sure. The Father says that when we was born again, we cease to exist as people in terms of him looking at us individually, that we was placed inside Christ. Just think of someone being placed in a bottle. 
And inside that bottle are all those of us that believe. That faith that we believe is a gift, and once we get that gift, which comes from the Father, the faith to even believe, we're placing this bottle in Christ. and talks a lot of scriptures. Lots of scriptures talks about your life being here, your life being here. Christ is your life. Christ is your righteousness. Christ has been made to us sanctification. And it then talks about something very strange, sisters. It talks about being given the gift of righteousness. It's a gift. It's not something you work for. If you work for it, it's no longer a gift. It's a paycheck. Now listen to Colossians 2, verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of an holy day. That would be the feast days, the Sabbath, or the new moon. That's the beginning of the year or the beginning of the month. Or of the Sabbath day. There it is right there in writing. Let no man judge you. Let no man therefore judge you in meat. Or in drink, back of a holy day, or the new moon, or the Sabbath. Watch this, verse 17. Which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. There are so many scriptures along these lines saying that there was a two master, the law was a two master, uh, um, uh, not, not two master, I'm not, uh, schoolmaster bringing us into another. And now we're supposed to live holy unto the Father. A life is supposed to be a Sabbath. And this is what I was referring to earlier. And I just want you to know what these sisters are going to say. I know they're going to have something to say because they're very intelligent. But what do you think the scriptures mean by this? And here's the, the biggest question. I know I'm loaded tonight. Y'all just make some notes here because I want y'all to comment on this, please. Let us labor to enter and to his rest. And it's talking about the Sabbath. I'm talking about Hebrews 4 and 11. In Hebrews 4, it's talking about the Sabbath and there being another kind of rest. The Father don't want one day. He wants all days. He wants our life. We're supposed to be dead. It's just these were knucklehead people, and they didn't give him no time. And I believe this is why the law was instituted to just get this one day. And I know it mimics him resting on the Sabbath. I understand that too. But when Christ came with the righteousness as a gift, it's not something we can work for. It's something we would believe for, and it's something we're chosen, predestined to walk in. So I don't want to get to go too long with that, but just, just based upon those scriptures I've named, what have y'all heard? What is your teachings around those scriptures? And Sister Gaviva, I'll come to you first. And I know those mouthful. I'm sorry. So Can again, you give me a moment. Again, just uh, we're talking about Colossians too. I would love to know what you think of that. The law, which is a shadow of things to come. Okay, uh, talking about the Shabbat and all of that, and then uh, Hebrews. If you can make a note of that four, or y'all can just take one at a time. I tell you, let's make it, let's make it easy. Let's let's break this down. Because I'm 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 sure the people want to know what the scholars have to say on this. Colossians two. Let's talk about Colossians two for right now, and then we'll go to see Eliana, and then we'll talk about Hebrews. Um, Zeth. Uh, yes. Can you go with Sister Eliana? I have I have to come, go out for one second. I'm okay. Right back Sister on. Eliana, Colossians two, 
verse 17, and really Colossians 2, just that chapter. But, again, what do you have to say about that? Uh, many many uh, theologians, believers, again, we're trying to figure out how should we live as the real Israelites. There's 613 laws. Obviously, a lot of them are not going to apply. We're not in the land. We don't offer up sacrifices. And I uh, don't want to hit it too hard. I just want to just kind of, if nothing else, send people where they can go get some more information about this. But people really are asking the question, do we keep our 613 laws? Are we under the law? Are we under grace? Uh, how much of the blood covers? Do we work for our righteousness? Just kind of hit that a little bit. Absolutely. Okay. So, first of all, the scripture says, and let me get it here. Um, just one second, because I'm on that. I was gonna doing a lot while you were saying that. Okay. The scripture says in Romans twelve twelve. I think here's the reality. The 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 angle you're coming from is the Christian angle, because in the Christian angle, it tells us that we can eat things that the Most High originally told us we couldn't eat, because Christians say if you you can eat that pork, you can eat all these you know shellfish and whatever, okay, and they say if you pray over it and you bless it and you sanctify it, it's okay. Now Yeshua seemed to have co-signed on this when he said. For whatever a man eats goes into the mouth, and it, then it goes through and comes out the draught, meaning, you know, it comes out as waste. Well, sure. It seems like the Father said you can eat whatever you want if you pray over it and sanctify it. But how many of us have family members that we know, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, all kinds of medical problems, as a result of eating foods that are unclean, that the, that scripturally are unclean. Now, Dr. Crosriel said over in Demona, they practice a vegan diet because it's a little bit healthier. Now, meat is meant to be received with Thanksgiving because the Most High did prescribe certain meats. But there are other meats that the Most High knew would cause these diseases. See, what we have to understand is, Having the understanding of Christ or the Messiah or, the, or Yahushua as your Savior, this is what Christianity teaches. You have Yeshua as your Savior. So now you can do whatever you want because you're under grace. There is no more law because it was just a schoolmaster to teach you that now that Yeshua has come, you can do what you want. Well, we know that's not true. Even, even Paul said something that was strange. All things are lawful for me. But all things are not expedient. What do you mean you can kill somebody's lawful? No. So what's, what Christianity teaches is like a loop to keep us in trouble with the Father. Because in the reality, all of us that came through Christianity, and we all came through it, because we all came out of slavery at some point um, in this country, unless you your family has come from Sierra Leone or some other African nation, and they were never slaves in the United States, and now you have intermarried into the black Hebrew community, and you have a different um, beginning in the, on these shores. But if your family came through the transatlantic slave trade, you know that they mistaught us the scriptures if you've done your homework. Because the slave masters would teach the Exodus like this. They would teach the slaves that they were they ran away from their masters in Egypt, and because they were rebellious, God opened up the 
sea and swallowed all of the slaves. That kept them in fear. They could not read. They did not know that the scripture was saying that the Most High swallowed up their enemies, not the slaves. So that kept them in fear. They also gave us a pattern of what to teach our people once we did start learning how to read three things. It's going to get better by and by, turn the other cheek, and uh, the third one was um, um, obey, obey your masters. So those are the three things that we taught and have been taught up in our churches that we came out of, and that's why it was hard for our young men when we started approaching the late 50s and 60s when young men started, you know, being out in the streets and the police were doing the brutality, and then your grandmother and your mother saying, boy, just turn the other cheek, God will provide. You saying, wait a minute, mama, they're killing us in the street. What you mean turn the other cheek? The scripture says an eye for an eye. But, but, but the slave masters had given us a loop doctrine, and then they told us we can eat whatever we want. And it seems that way. It, it seems that way. But when he says, let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or respect to an holy day or the new moon or of the Sabbath days, what he was really saying is because remember the Christian church, they think the Sabbath is the first day of the week because they, they were, the Romans worshiped the sun, God. And so they named the day Sunday. They knew that that was uh, the first day of the week. That was a pagan day. So they, churches worship on Sunday, and somebody's telling you, oh, don't, don't uh, let anybody judge you. You can worship on this day. Sure. You can work, worship the Most High every day of the week. But the Most High told us, remember, why would that be in the Ten Commandments? Why would it be the Fourth Commandment? coming from the Most High when he brought them out of Egypt if it doesn't matter anymore because the Messiah issue has come. Why would that well, be important? Let, let me interject here, and I think you, I, lo, I love you tonight, and just so you know, just FYI, my wife is listening to the show, and she is really digging it. Y'all sisters are really doing a good job. It's a little complicated tonight because we're going a little deep, but it's good. Keep doing what you're doing, Sister Kaviva and Sister Eliana. Please, please, just keep it going. Now, the reason why I went there, because many people are listening tonight. Look at the phone lines full of people. Again, if you have any questions, press 1. You listen to 5 Smooth Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. And interviewing two powerful sisters in the scriptures that we're just uh, swinging here. Again, if y'all have questions, go ahead and press 1. I don't I don't always scroll up and down. It's a long list of calls, so it's a big good time to ask. Um, and uh, we're going to hit this a little bit. We're going to go to a little break. We're going to come back and talk about more how do we live. Right now, we're talking about the difference between Christianity and Hebrew uh, Israelite. But, sister, the reason why I mention that, because a lot of believers calling themselves Christians. Again, folks, we do believe in the Messiah. We do believe in his blood. Ain't no, no, no weird doctrine. This is just, this is your Bible we're talking about tonight. Your Savior. Your Father. Ain't nothing, don't think it's some new religion because we're saying you hear Yeshua or Yahweh or Yahuwah or all of these various Hebrew names people have come by. Still talking about your Bible. So, Sister Eliana, Sister Kaviva, the reason why I'm hitting this, I picked these particular scriptures because a lot of people are hearing we got to keep the laws, got to keep the laws, got to keep the laws. 
and you know there's over 613 laws, and and it's very hard. Some of those laws we can't keep because we're not in the land of our, uh, in, not in our land. Uh, we definitely don't want to be offering up sacrifice unless we're going to go to jail. Uh, and the Sabbath is a big thing. It's a big argument. And uh, I, that's why I, I referred to the gentleman, Andrew Womack, again, Andrew Womack, and just just t- Google him and then Google with his name, uh, Sabbath Rest. And he goes off into this thing about the whole Shabbat and what was the intention of the Sabbath. Now, I remember the Father got mad at Israel, and he said, I do away with all of that. I'm mad at you. What are you bringing? Why are you bringing me these new moments? Well, what is this? It means nothing to me. Now, he is talking about the Sabbath. And he's telling them, get away, get get these out, get out of here with that. Now, that's important. And a lot of believers listening who want, who have come into the revelation of who they are in, in Christ, the righteousness that's in Christ through his blood, through being in the body of Christ, that understands their righteousness now is a gift. They are reading those scriptures, and they are not clear. Now, in mind what happens on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to work. It's supposed to be a day unto the Father. Now, this is what somebody told me, and this is where I'm at. And Sister Eliana, I'm just being honest. This is where I'm at right now. This is where your brother is at, and a lot of people listening, this is where they're at. So we're asking you, we want to know what you have to say. They've heard me over the years. The Sabbath was a day where we were supposed to give him to the Father. He was supposed to trust him that day, talk to him that day, devotion that day. Now under the new dispensation, I believe every day we're supposed to cease from doing our own works, our own way, our own will. It talks about this rest. And having entered into this rest, we're supposed to labor that we enter into this rest, this other rest. There is another rest he talks about. The Sabbath was just a shadow of things to come. Now, I do believe because the whole world is finding out we Israel, and there are people adhering to the Saturday or the, 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 the Shabbat, the physical Shabbat, I do think you should keep it. Now, brother, said you sound country. You, you sound like you're back and forth. No, I believe we should bodily, as a nation, on one day of the week, all be doing the same thing. I believe that, but I no longer believe that we are justified by that or any other 613th law. I think we're justified by faith in Christ. And we're supposed to live, as Sister Kaviva said. Please join, uh, 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 Sister Kaviva, join anytime you want, Kaviva. I believe she is right. We're supposed to live like we are been made clean, been made righteous through Christ's blood. And we do that by Sister Eliana. Now I'm going to sound like Sister Eliana. We're supposed to do that by watching our diet. Whatever the Spirit says, not so much the law, which the law is going to line up with the Spirit in most cases, but it ain't going to tell us the leading God is to kill no lamb, but they definitely did in the Old Testament. So we're supposed to follow the Spirit. If he says no pork, no pork. If he says go here, go there. It, it, it's more than 613 laws. Under the new dispensation, Sister Kaviva, I like the, actually Sister Eliana, I, I, I want her to finish her train of thought, and I want to come to you after this. But listen, sisters, <laughs> the Spirit, those of us that I claim to be like you do, 
Hebrew. I claim what I already am. And I, I operate under grace. And I know that Christ came to fulfill the law, so I, I believe I'm keeping the law as well through Christ. But there's more than 613 laws. There's thousands of them because the Spirit is constantly talking. He may say, don't go to work if there's going to be a shooting. Uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's the law I keep. It's the Spirit, and I know y'all do too. I know y'all do too because you talk about it all the time. So I guess what I'm saying is there's some people listening under the sound of my voice, and they are really not clear. Do we keep them 613 laws or, or what's with this Christianity thing? I know it's a little complicated and a loaded question, but I want you all to hit that a little bit uh, from my angle, from what I'm saying, what I'm seeing. Again, I do believe in keeping the, the law, but not as our forefathers kept it for justification. You're going to be smitten dead. The, the father said he's going to uh, you're going to be wiped out. Uh, what, what's the script? How does he say it? Um, those that don't keep the Sabbath is going to, um, the judgment. I don't believe we're under that right now, that type of judgment. And I think we're in Christ now, but we should keep the law, but not for justifications. I think we should keep it. I really okay. do. Can I say so, so see, that, go ahead and, and hit that a little bit, then we'll go to Sisko Viva. Okay. So that sounds great. And a lot of people believe that because it's still hard for them to divorce themselves from the original Christi- Christianity root of yeah. faith. Because remember, Christianity gives us the Most High. It gives us our Messiah. But along with that, it gives us our Torah and our Tanakh. It gives us our word, our base. It gives us our history. Christianity gives us all of that. But it also gives us a lot of paganism as well and a lot yes. of misunderstanding as well. So it's a mixture. Christianity gives us a mixture, okay? And so here's the other point. What is the Shabbat and why is it important? Because it's mentioned in the beginning of the scriptures in, in, in Bereshit or Genesis, the whole purpose of the Shabbat, the reason why the Father said keep the Shabbat, is so that the nations will know that there is a God, an, an, an Elohim, an El Elyon, a, 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 a creator who created all of these things by his power in a six-day or a 6,000-year, however you like to look at it, period, with the scripture saying one day with the Mosai is as a 1,000 years, and a 1,000 years is as one day. So however you like to accept the six days of creation. Shabbat is a testimony of that. Keeping the Sabbath is a testimony of that. It comes right after three other commandments about us as a Hebrew people, now the world accepting our our uh, Yah and his word that we should that he is the Lord our God, that we shall have no other gods before him, that we should not take his name in vain, and we should keep the Shabbat. That's the fourth, and then we should honor our parents. So you cannot divorce it because we're under the Messiah. Yeshua kept the Shabbat. Yes, he did. But what the Pharisees did was they they were hypocrites. because. And the, the other thing is the reason we talked about the rest and the reason why of this rest that the Most High was talking about the rest that the Most High was talking about was that rest 
that he wanted to give them, which is a spiritual rest. And it says in Psalm 95, 11, well, actually in 10, it says, for 40 years, I loathe that generation. What generation? That generation of older folks who had come up out of Egypt, who could not divorce themselves from Egypt, who are walking in the wilderness seeing all that the Most High is doing. They've already come through the Red Sea. They've already eaten, uh, gotten water from a rock. They were having quail. These people were faithless. They were Hebrews, too. They had cried out. It was that older generation that had cried out for a deliverer. But when they were delivered, that's not what they wanted. They didn't want to be taken to the wilderness to follow the Most High. They wanted to be delivered so they could be the Egyptians. That's the problem. And so the Most High said, for 40 years, I loathe that generation and said they are a people who err in their heart. Yes, And they amen. do know my ways. Therefore, I swore in my anger, truly, they shall not enter into my rest. We have to be careful. We are so steeped in this Babylon, we have to really be careful. That's why the scripture says we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We cannot bring Babylon into what the Most High is doing in our deliverance. We have to let it go. No matter how strong we feel about it, we have to go the way of the Most High because that is the mistake our ancestors, our first ancestors made coming out of that Egypt at that time. They still had so much Egypt in them that they could not accept what the Most High was doing. He was trying to purify them. But they were so steep, just like we are today, in this Babylonian teaching, doctrine, Christianity, we are so steeped in it that we find yes. fault with the Most High's words. And he yes. says, I change uh, Sister, Eliana, Sister Eliana, let me just interrupt you because I heard Sister Kaviva, who I, we haven't heard from in a while, she, I heard her uh, uh, get fired up over there. So Sister Kaviva, any words to any, uh, and I want you to finish Sister Eliana, but I, I just want her to chime in here a little bit. Yes, you know, what uh, Sister Eliana is saying is so right. We are steeped. We are steeped in our own belief system because of our our cultivation, the way we've been taught in Christianity, the way we've been taught the Word of God. We believe that this is the way it's supposed to go, and it's hard for us to divorce ourselves. But when we go into Exodus 31 and 13, the Lord said, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your whole generation, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctify you. This is another reason why it's imperative that we must keep it, because the Lord has said this is, this is a sign. Now, 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 Sister uh, Kaviva, let me let me just chime here really quick. Now, this is to you, okay? And Sister Alana can always respond anytime she wants. But many people understand that those scriptures you're you're, you're quoting. Here's the right. deal: we understand the dire, the dire importance of keeping the Shabbat under the old dispensation. We understand it. You could die from it. So everybody understand that. But 
since Christ come, something weird happened. Tricked all of the evil spirits. I'm not going to say it was the Father trying to trick it, but the Bible says that the Father, Satan knows he would not have crucified the Messiah. That the mm-hmm. Father was not going to hold us individually, but place us inside of the Beloved. Many scriptures talking about our ID being wiped away. That's the whole purpose of being baptized. It symbolized that old man being destroyed. I mean, wiped away in Christ, one body. No such thing in the Old Testament. How can you be connected to each Israelite? You stood alone. You go into the Holy of Holies alone. But now there's something called in Christ. In Christ. Walking through his blood. The Father seeing us, not us, but seeing Christ, then us. This thing of gift of righteousness you hardly ever hear talked about, but it's true. He made us righteous through that, that, that lamb slain once and for all. So now we have these commandments. And a lot of people are saying, well, if they kept them in the Old Testament, and I, I heard Sister Eliana, and I, I, again, I'm trying to play, I don't want to say devil's advocate, Sister Eliana, but I'm trying to ask questions that I know people have texted me, emailed me, and I know that they're saying this. And I just want y'all to hit it, and you're doing a good job, do it exactly. Because I want people to see that we're all not little cookie cutters, come from cookie cutters. Brother said, don't believe everything Sister Eliana believes. And Sister Eliana believes everything Sister Kaviva believes. I want them to see how we are lovingly at this different angles, but we all have one common thread. Yeah. We yeah, that one common thread is you. So no one... No one has to feel like this is a cult. No one has to feel like, oh, my God, what am I getting into? No, we're believers. We believe in that book. We're just all coming at it different ways, and we're going to eventually get to the same destination. But, again, I, I'm here. I, I'm Brother okay. Seth, and I'm telling you honest, the following truth. The feast day is coming up this weekend. The Shabbat uh, is at the... Um, Passover's coming up this weekend. I plan on keeping it. Feast of Unleavened Bread, I plan on getting all of the leaven out of my house. I plan on doing all of the feasts this year. But I'm not justified by keeping the feast, unlike the children of Israel. The, no. the Shabbat comes up every seven days. I do try to keep it. I don't always do the... I don't... I don't, I don't again, I, I don't think it's something where we are... Judged by it. I think sin has been taken care of past, present, and future. But I do think if we do not live a certain way, we will face destruction because of that sin. So if I trust the Father, if I really do, that's a big if. And I'm coming to you, Sister Kaviva. I just got to get this out because I know people are thinking this. If I trust, if it's a big if. But let's just say I do accomplish. If I trust the Most High tomorrow, it's not the Sabbath. But if I do it. And I enter that rest, and I have that peace. People look at me and say, oh, you're so peaceful. I don't always go there. I don't always accomplish this for real, y'all. But I'm just being honest if I did. That's no different than a Sabbath to me. That is the rest. That he say you labor to enter into. Why are we laboring to enter into rest when we can just wait till Saturday to come and just rest? There's a different, there's a rest there that we have not entered into that we're 
commanded to labor to enter into. That's another commandment, labor to enter into this rest. What rest? You hardly hear anybody talking about it. This, to me, is the the new rest we're required to walk in. So having said that, this is where a lot of people are at. And I'm just, I'm just, and y'all just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. I just want people to see how there are different schools of thought. But we all have one common thing that we're Israel. Sister Kaviva, I want you to finish up what you're saying. Sister Eliana, I'll let you finish, and then uh, we have final words on the difference between Christianity and Hebrew. And then we come back from the break, we'll talk about how do we live. Now we know these things. We're hitting the Sabbath hard. I didn't want to. But this is where a lot of people are, so we're right on time. So uh, go ahead, Sister Kaviva, any comments on what I just said? Well, yeah, I, I was going to just say, I'm going to go to the end of the book, which is in Revelations. And, and, and what it says, one scripture says in Revelations that, the, the, it says, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony Yes. But it also said, and they kept the commandments of the Most High. You see? So they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they kept the commandments of the Most High. So here we go back and you're saying so many things, but I believe that that yet remain a day of rest. The scripture goes on to really talk about there yet remain a day of rest for the people of God and that we yes. should enter into that rest. But then when you when he says labor to enter into that rest, it's actually talking about when that, it says, it goes on to talk about King David, when David said, the day you hear my voice, hearten not your heart. You see, because it opens up that rest, that time, that place. And so you, to enter into that rest, and when you don't, Open up your heart when you don't hear and, 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 and open up your heart to hear, then you have to wrestle to enter in. You see, that's where the wrestling is coming from. But if you harden not your heart, if once you hear what the Most High is saying and you enter into that place of what is being said, then you don't have to labor to enter in that. And this is what that scripture is really talking about, you see. Okay. But you said, but you must, you want to labor to enter in because you want to get there. You want to go into the place of rest. So I wanted to uh, say that uh, to you concerning the scripture, and I, then I'm going to turn it back over to Sister uh, Sister Eliana. Thank you for that. That was that was beautiful. And I, I just want people to hear. Again, what I'm doing, folks, some uh, listeners, those of you listening to the show tonight, we're just showing you different angles. Y'all hearing what Brother Seth is at? Perhaps you know I have to grow more, or perhaps the sisters will see it later. But it's not. We're not trying to convince each other tonight. I just want y'all to see that we are believers. We love the Father. We love the Son. We love His Word, and we're at different angles. We're at different. And I want y'all to see just how to sit. I want you, I, I want I want all this to play out just like it's doing. You're hearing the word tonight. You got to go do the research yourself. You hear what's being said. Sister Eliana, go ahead and comment on that. Then I have another question, and I want y'all's take on that. And then we'll take a break. Sister Eliana. 
Just piggybacking on Sister Kaviva, Hebrews 3, it says, uh, and 5, Now Moshe was faithful as a servant in all Yahuwah's house, testifying to what would be spoken later. But Yahuwah, I'm, I'm sorry, Yahushua is faithful as the son over Yahuwah's house. And we are his house. If we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope of which we boast. Therefore, verse 7, the Ruach says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion in the time of testing in the wilderness. We weren't there, but our forefathers were. But today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion, in the time of testing in the wilderness. Wherefore, your fathers tried me by testing me and for 40 years saw my work. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, their hearts always go astray and they have not known my ways. So I swore on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So this is a heart problem. This is a heart condition. This is The rest we're talking about is not the Sabbath. The rest we're talking about is a heart condition. Right. It's a heart being right and in the right father. place with the Father. That's the rest that he's talking about. That is the rest that the Messiah Yeshua said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. It's a heart condition. It has nothing to do with Shabbat. The Shabbat is part of the commandment. It is the, in the first five of the commandments of the, of the ten. So the first five commandments relate to our relationship to the Most High Yah. And the second half of the commandments are our relationship to, from, to each other. Do not steal. Do not covet. Do not bear false witness. That's about man to man, people, person to person. The first five are us to Messiah. So we must keep this Shabbat the way the Most High said it because it's a sign, like Sister Kaviva said. Everyone doesn't know that, Brother Seth. Everybody doesn't know that keeping the Shabbat day is a sign between the Most High and his people forever. Everyone does not know that what the Shabbat stands for is a testimony, not of faith or salvation, but that the Most High Yah created the heavens and the earth. That is what the Shabbat represents. And they, keep it, they kept the Shabbat in the heavens, and I'm saying that for the benefit of the people, not for you, but for the benefit of the listeners, because we have listeners that are new and old. But the Absolutely. Shabbat day is for for us, the, the children of Israel, for the nation of Israel to come. And on that day, we don't do our own bidding. We, we are in that wonderful fellowship time with the Most High. It's a holy day. It's a convocation. It's a special time that we have be, between us and the Father every seven days with our families, in our home, with our loved ones. And then... The rest that the Messiah was talking about, that rest that the Most High, when he was bringing him through the wilderness, was talking about, is that rest in the heart. It's a heart condition because he says, the day is coming when I'll make a, a, a new covenant 
with the whole That's house right. of Israel. And that new covenant is not new commandments. It's not new statutes. It's going to be the same thing he did way back then, the ancient laws, the ancient commandments, the ancient precepts. He said, instead of them being on tablets of stone, I'm going to write it in their heart. Nothing new. The Most High is not doing anything new. The new covenant is that he, where he's placing those commandments and those statutes and those laws. Those laws are beautiful. They're good. Yes, they were a shadow, but now they're going to be written on our hearts so we'll never forget them. They're going to be part of our DNA, so we keep them always without even thinking about it. That's what he's talking about. That rest is a heart condition. And, yes, it can be kept all through the week and all every day and every month, but the Shabbat is a holy day. It's a convocation. It is one of the feast days of the Most High, just like Pesach, just like the Feast of um, uh, of, which is unleavened bread, just like all of those days Cold. that he's given us, those moedim, that's a moedim. It means a special appointed time with the Father. That's what Shabbat well, is. Well, yes, I appreciate that, and I think we hit that pretty good. I think the listeners had a chance to really hear both of you, since y'all seem to be very much one on card with that, and you put out both I put out both we put out we both put out scriptures, and uh, I don't think the father wants us to confusion uh, wants to be confused, John. As you as all of us know, it's not the author confusion. There is a single thought, a single mind on that. Uh, so yeah. everybody, just listen and be prayerful. Go and research and listen to the inner teacher within within you, because you know that we only have one teacher, and that's really the spirit inside us. So I heard somebody call my name. Yes. This, uh, Sister Kaviva, okay. I was wanting to just touch one more thing. Go right you know, ahead. you were talking about the 613 commandments and do we keep them all. And I kind of want to bring people around to understand that our bodies are the 613 commandments. We have 248 organs in our bodies and 365 sinews wrapped around those organs. That comes up to the number 613. Our bodies are the temple of the Most High, and we keep those commandments. Our bodies are are made to worship the Most High. The commandments are built within us that we keep, and we do do sacrifices when we fast and pray unto the Lord. Those are the kind of sacrifices that we do today. You see, but our bodies, and I just wanted to share that, I, you know, with people to understand that we are if we are walking in the way of the Most High, our bodies are testaments to those commandments. That's what I wanted to yes, say. Yes, yes. That was powerful. That was powerful, sister. And, and, and okay, I so, okay, briefly, go ahead. I just want to say, so that is the difference between being a Hebrew and being a Christian. Understanding who you are, whose you are, and the responsibility that you have. Yes, yes, but before we put a bow on that, I want to just ask a few more questions. And it's going to be some quick questions, so y'all, we won't have to worry. Uh, But we had to, family, hit that 
as hard as we did to get. Y'all heard the different angles I'm telling you. There's millions of people that believe both sides. Believe that. So, folks, listen. Again, you're listening to Five Smooth Stones Network. I'm Brother Seth. I have Sister Kaviva and her sister, Sister Eliana. I'm talking about blood sisters. Okay, and tonight we are talking about the difference between Christianity and Hebrew Israelites. This half, and then shortly, in a little bit, I mean a little bit, we're going to hit how should we live, how should we look at politics, uh, America, how should we raise our children. This is going to be very interesting. Folks, that question right there got over uh, 8,000, 8,000 listens on this network, 8,000. So a lot of people want to know about that one. So we hit that the next, um, I'll finish a few more questions I got. So let's say this, I'm going to ask a quick question, and I want you all to just uh, answer quickly as you can, like within less than a minute. Don't worry, they're not as huge as the Sabbath. The Shabbat. Okay, what do you call the Most High, Sister Kaviva? I call him Yahweh, Yod Hey Bob Hey. I call him Hashem. So what is Yod Hey Bob Hey? Remember, people that don't know, they're due to this whole walk to Hawaii. Yes. Yod Hey Hey, folks, is the letters uh, that's Y H W H. These are what the uh, the translators of the Bible came upon, and they didn't want to pronounce his name, so they put God there. But many say Yahweh, some think it means Yahweh. There's all types of uh, pronunciation you're going to get when you, uh, from the Israelites trying to say the name of the Father. What do you think it is? That's what's interesting. What do you feel in your spirit through those letters, Yod, Hav, Wav, Hav, mean? Some people say Yah because the scripture does say, as we said last week, we talked about the scripture that says, calling his name Jah, calling his name Jah. And those of you that's listening from clicking on the link, remember you got to call the phone lines right now as you will be disconnected again. Anybody listen to this show, you got here by a link. you got to call the phone lines now quickly with the next 60 seconds that you will be disconnected. Okay, we only contracted to ten. The next hour is, is pretty much grace. But Psalms sixty-eight and four talks about singing to God, sing praises to His name, extol Him that rotted upon the heavens by His name, Jah, J-A-H, and rejoice before Him. So this is where we get the word Hallelujah. We spell it J-A-H, Hallelujah. But nobody say Jah. They say Yah because there was no J in the Hebrew. So don't be thinking we're saying calling on some weird God when we say Yah. Sister Eliana, what do you call the Most High? I call him the Most High Yah, and I also call him uh, Yahuwah or, yeah, mostly the Most High Yah. Again, from that yud have wav have again, I've heard Yahweh, Yahweh, the most popular of all names of as far as those trying to understand what those four letters mean is Yahweh. Uh, what do you call the the, the, the Messiah, Sister Kaviva? Kaviva. Sister Kaviva, what do you call the Messiah? I call him Yeshua, Yeshua T. Okay. Uh, Sister Eliana, same question. Yeah, Joshua. 
and always, folks, there's, there's also, folks, uh, I meant to say, uh, Yahawasha, uh, Yahuwah. I mean, it's not no, not Yahuwah, but Yahawasha, Yeshua. So you, 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 you're you hearing the various names, Hebrew names. As you notice, you're going to hear a lot of Y, a lot of Y, no J's, because there was no J in the Hebrew. Okay, again, talking about the difference between Christianity and Hebrew Israelite. So y'all made it very clear. You definitely set aside the Saturday. That's that's the day I assume you worship on, right? Worship meaning come together collectively with an assembly. Uh, yes, but also at other times too. Right, but, that's, but I mean, that's, at home we actually rest on the on the Shabbat unless we're doing something special. For you know, like we did this prayer breakfast on this past Shabbat, mostly we rest. If you come to our home, you are going to be in a very comfortable place, and you might find a spot, like my mother says, and uh, you probably will be resting and sleeping most of the day and just relaxing from the day, the week's activities. And uh, we do worship, we sing, you know, we. But, but it's within the family. It's our family time of, of, of being together. Let me ask you something uh, quickly. I'm almost scared to ask this question. Boy, that's sad, but we, that Shabbat just takes up all the time. But i got to ask this. What about those people that work on the Shabbat? And, I mean, they either, what, what do you say to them, uh, Sister Kaviva? And then Ellie, Sister Eliana. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to say, you know, Seth, um, I, uh, Seth, I used to work until I came into a full understanding and faith to believe that God would put me in a kind of employment where I can enter into that time with him, and he, he did. So I would say to those who are w- wanting to keep Shabbat, you know, just put it before the Most High because he will open doors and create uh, either new positions or new employment for you where you can keep that desire of keeping his Shabbat. Interesting. Actually, I want uh, uh, Sister Ellen, go ahead Qu- quickly. I got to say you're going to say the same thing, but go no, ahead. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. You know, people don't question not working on Sunday. Believers, church people, they tell you, they will tell their employers. I can't work on Sundays because they always ask you on application of days you can work and you cannot. And you all and, and most believers do not take Sunday because they know they're going to go to church. And for them to be honest, they've been deceived to believe that they are actually keeping the Shabbat. So it's not a strange thing to keep the Shabbat because the church believes they're keeping the Shabbat. They really do. They really believe they're keeping the Shabbat. And that's why they make it a day that's holy. Uh, they cook on uh, Saturday a lot of times, and they won't do any cooking on Sunday because they believe it's the Shabbat. So there's not a question of we will keep the Shabbat and what day to keep. We think, you know, well, most people think it is the Sunday. So they, they that's the okay. holy day to them. So I don't think it's a problem with that. But if someone has to work, it depends on what line of work they are doing. You know, this, uh, Yahuwah, or Yeshua, I'm sorry, Yeshua said when he was walking the earth that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And what that meant was it was made as a time for man to enter into that place, that special dispensation with the Most High, to have that fellowship. Okay. 
So okay. if a person needs let, to work, let, depending on their line of work, they're a doctor, they should work on that day because they're saving lives. But if they have to work, you know, sometimes they can't avoid that kind of work. I believe the father is intelligent enough to understand the heart of his people. That's right. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay, again, closing out questions with regards to the difference between Christianity and Hebrew Israelite. So we talked about the names, what we call the Father. We've talked about Shabbat for sure. Um, uh, as far as y'all listen to a lot of millions and millions of believers listen to Christian television. Give me an angle on that. Sister Eliana, go first, please. Make it about no more than about two minutes, if you, if possible. No, actually, I don't listen to Christian television anymore. I haven't listened to Christian television in many, 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 many years since I actually came into the understanding of being a Hebrew because I find that they're not, it's not coming from the same uh, place. And to me, I, began, I, I found a lot of dissatisfaction because I found out it was a loop. It seems that they're teaching a three-point sermon to get a to get a rise out of the people to get an offering. The, we, money is important. Money is very important in the kingdom, and money is needed as well as other things. But I feel that the, the Christian teaching it's a, it's heavily driven to excite the people into a frenzy of giving. I don't listen to Christian television. Now, you think that's all of Christian television? You think any of them on there has the truth, or, or how do you feel about that? Well, they're, t- they're using the scripture, but what I find, when I listen to Hebrew teachers, I find a lot of depth. I mean, you're going deeper. You're talking about more th- things more complete. The Christian teaching is, it's, it's, it's really limited. It's to get salvation. You know, they teach that you need, you need to accept the, the Messiah, which I believe we do need to have that relationship with him, but it's not deep enough. It's always a cliffhanger. It's always, um, it's not full. The teaching is not full. And um, when I listen to Hebrew teaching, especially from seasoned, mature Hebrew teachers, it's a deeper, richer. I find that I, I can listen to two okay. or three hours of Hebrew. And 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 I I come away enlightened and wanting to serve the Most High more fully. Okay, Sister Kaviva, same question. Christian Television, TBN, Daystar, Word Network, talk to me. You know, I uh, I don't I don't listen to it either. I'm sorry. Uh, so I don't really have um, a real comment on it. I'm kind of. With uh, Sister Eliana uh, concerning that, um, I uh, I do believe that you know it is helpful uh, in some ways uh, to those who are coming into a certain understanding of of just uh, a knowledge of of, of the Most High. Uh, but I think that uh, it's it's void of many things, and it does. Teach uh, a repetition. I was going to quote a scripture about where the word of the Lord said that you know you priests you're teaching. And this comes out of Ezekiel. He said, "But my people are not healed yet." You see, oh, you so have healed. They, they, yes. they, 
the the point of that I'm making is that they're teaching, but the people are leaving in the same state and condition. You see, they get excited, but they're leaving in the same state and condition. So something is lacking. So I don't really watch it anymore. Huh. Well, listen, i got a, a hand raised, so I'm going to go to the phone lines. But before we go, I just want to say real briefly how I feel about that. Because I'm interviewing the sisters mainly, but I just throw a little uh, male perspective. Uh, I guess in Christ there's neither male nor female, right? But listen. With regards to Christian television, I feel like this, vessels are vessels. And the Most High is going to speak to whoever yield to him. And unfortunately, some of them may wind up on Christian television. Now, I do think Sister Eliana and Sister Kaviva is, for the most part, correct. I'm sorry. I, I love Bishop Jakes. I think he's one of the a very good preacher uh, at times. and uh, But sometimes I feel like he... It's something wrong when every week you got to keep lifting up people, keep keep charging them up. At some point you got to tell them something to where they always not at the bottom of their rope, about to give up, about to just throw in the towel. Why is people every day need to be revived, revived? And if you teach them who they are in Christ, if you teach them who they are, even according to the flesh, there is something there. I know the flesh profits nothing work in comparison to the spirit, it profits nothing, but try to function with... Um, Without your driving license for a day, <laughs> you know, there's some profit in the flesh, but it's compared to the spirit, it profit nothing. So uh, I do believe a vessel is a vessel, and this revelation of us being Israelites is not the greatest revelation. I think the sister would definitely agree with that. It's not the greatest thing to know, but I tell you one thing: you will not understand the Most High. As far as his relationship with African Americans, you would not understand why the pain we go through. You would not understand America, why we came here in slave ships, why so long we've been where we're at. You won't understand this 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 position that we find ourselves in, 40 million strong, uh, roughly in this country. We would seem it would seem like something is wrong with us. This gives this breeds self hate, self disrespect. African Americans are acting exactly like they should act under the circumstance without the knowledge of who they are. We that's what you do. You disrespect each other when you don't know each other. Miles Monroe said it like this, if you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. So we are abusing ourselves and others are abusing us because we're looking like something is wrong with us. Good white people if I consider you the term white people, y'all know I don't believe in that. No such thing as a race based on color. But these people, good people, look at us and are tempted to mistreat us because it does look like we are better off serving them. One, we don't know who we are. Our brightest minds, there's something wrong with us as a people. That's why we're talking about the things we're talking about tonight. Very important. Let's go to the phone line, folks. And again, any other questions? Go ahead and press one. We're going to the phone line. Any other questions? Go ahead and press one, please. Uh, Sister Eliana, uh, I don't know how your line is muted. I didn't mean to do that. I think. I, oh, I know why. I heard some little noise there, but your line is definitely open now. Please forgive me, but I had to meet you there for a second. But your line is wide open right now. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Erico five one three six zero two. Go ahead and let us know your city and who am I speaking with. I'm in uh, Euless, Texas, and this is your wife, Arlene. 
<laughs> Hello, wifey. How's everybody doing Uh-oh, tonight? Y'all, so hey, how you doing? Call two weeks in a row. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Hi. Good to hear from you. Yes. It's Thank you. I tell you what, I am just being so educated by two very seasoned and confident uh, women who understand the history and the spirit of the Most High God. It's just amazing, amazing, amazing. It, it kind of makes you feel like you're just sort of getting new into it because you 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 ladies are so seasoned and so well uh read and whatnot and i just wanted to call and encourage people who are new to it just so that they understand that um it takes a while to get a full understanding and to grasp uh the things that you're sharing tonight and to know that the most high found me in the christian church in the christian faith you know, with the white Jesus, believe it or not, and uh, he was able to uh, help me to understand who I am. And, and also, uh, when, when the, the Messiah walked on the planet, he interacted with men who lived out all of the law, who kept the law, but there was something lacking in them, and that was that the very word of God was with them, and they didn't understand the spirit of the law. Um, he said that love is the, um, like the anchor or the, the, the crux of the wheel of, of everything that we believe in. And so I just wanted to encourage people that are new that while you don't understand everything that's being said, or maybe you don't live a lifestyle that's built with the infrastructure of the tradition and culture that you, you the ladies are sharing, that to know that the spirit is with you and the spirit is your teacher and he will lead you and guide you into all truth so as you're able to pray and read your scriptures and get the understanding he draws you in so just so people don't feel um discouraged or feel like they're not even saved or like they don't understand what's going on so that they know as long as you're praying and you're trusting the spirit to teach you and to lead you, he will lead and guide you into all truth because ultimately that is the center of everything that we're about as believers, as uh, natural Hebrew believers, as spiritual Hebrew believers. We have to be able to know when the spirit is speaking and to follow and I believe that it is important as uh, uh, we are being built together and come together. When you come together, you have to have some order and structure. And because of that, we will need to have commands. We will need to be governed in a certain way so we have a uh, cohesiveness, so we have a way of doing things, so we have a way of uh, being set apart and being a people that looks like a royal priesthood. So I understand that those are all things that are going to come together. But initially, if we just trust in him, read his word, and just allow the Holy Spirit to just draw us into him and change us from glory to glory, helping us just to become more like him, more like he created us to be, then he can draw us in because a lot of people can get caught up in legalism, performance, uh, all kinds of things because, you know, we've been raised in a competitive society and the best always wins, the fastest always gets there first, the smartest always get the job. But we have a king 
who is able to cause us all to come into the truth of the knowledge of who he is and who we are. And if we trust that, he'll lead us. There might be some that, you know, will live uh, a more pure life immediately. There are others that will go through a process because he's an individual savior. He works with us through an individual growth process. I might grow at a different rate than someone next to me, and that's okay as long as they're both being led by the Spirit, being drawn into the understanding of who he is and who we are. So I just wanted to encourage people, you don't have to know it all right now. You'll get one day to the understanding of where these women are, but just work where you're at. Trust him. Continue to read the word. Continue to just open up your heart and just and pray for change and pray for revelation and pray for understanding, and he will draw you in, and one day you'll look up and you'll be able to share like these ladies are doing with the confidence and resolve that they have about who they are and who he is. And so I just wanted to encourage people because I know, you know, it's it, when you hear people and they're just so, you know, put together and confident and strong, you kind of can feel like, well, man, I'll never get there. I might as well just whatever, you know. So I just want to encourage people. He found me where I was. He found you where you were, and he draws us in. So, you know, don't be afraid. Don't feel like you got to quit everything you're doing and, you know, just say, well, forget it. It's too hard. Just know he will lead you step by step by step by the Spirit and just study to show yourself approved. So I just wanted to encourage everybody in that. (laughs) Any comments, Um, uh, Kaviva, please? Amen. That was beautiful. And uh, I think, oh, uh, I think that was very nice and well put. And yes, he is. You know, I was reading, uh, I'm going to speak a little bit about the dry bones, if you give me a moment. Yes, yes. Please go ahead, quickly. And I want to share something that the Lord, the, the Father was uh, showing me in the, in the whole scripture about the dry bones. And something he was sharing, and this is a beautiful thing about when, he began to talk to the Son of Man, and he said to prophesy to these dry bones. Mm. And when he began to prophesy, and as we are doing today, and, and it's somewhat we're prophesying to these dry bones. Yes. Come together. And we're speaking over their lives so that they can come together. And so this is what the, the Father was saying to the prophet. He says, uh, uh, prophesy to these dry bones. And the beautiful thing was that the the, the son of man, the, the, the prophet recognized that God was in control of it all because he said, can these bones live? And mm-hmm. the prophet said, uh, uh, wait a minute, I can't answer that out of me. But God, only you know if they can live, Father. Mm-hmm. And then he began to say, well, okay, I want you to prophesy because, see, I have given you something to say to these bones. Hmm. And I want you to say it. I want you to speak it over these dry bones. So as he began to talk to the bones, he said that the bones begin to come together as he prophesied to them. Mm-hmm. But he said there was a noise, a rattling sound. As the bones came together, 
bone to bone. And see, this is what we're hearing. This is what sounds like what's going on right now. There's a noise, a rattling sound (laughs) as the bones come together. But they're coming together, you see. And then what God is going to do, then he's going to cause them uh, the sinew so that they can fit together to look like they're coming into right place. Yes, yes. You Mm -hmm. see? And so this is what we're, they're starting to join together. And this is what we're seeing. And some of it sounds like it's real radical over here. And some sound like it's something else going on. But these are those dry bones coming Mm -hmm. together. Yes. And then he said, what am I going to do? He said, then he said, he said, I want you to prophesy to the breath Mm -hmm. from the full wind. Uh, to breathe upon those dry bones, Mm -hmm. then they shall live. So now what we're having is this coming disjointing. What we're really getting right now is the people are coming together, and they sound one way, and they sound this way, and they sound that way, but we're coming together as one. You see, mm-hmm. to be that mighty army of the Most High. And then he's going mm-hmm. to blow the Ruach upon us, his spirit mm-hmm. upon us. And yeah. he said, and then you shall live. Mm-hmm. See, right now we're in a place that we're joining together, but the breath of God has to breathe upon us. And it's going to come through his prophets. It's going to come mm-hmm. through because they have to speak it over the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. See, and this is what God is doing. So this is, I want to encourage the people that these are bones. We are coming together. Mm-hmm. And good. it sounds a little radical here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glory to the Most High. And it sounds this mm-hmm. way, and it sounds, but these bones are coming mm-hmm. together. And the sinew. Coming, and you know, one of the things that he spoke of in Ezekiel, he said what he blew me away with was, he said, I'm going to even cause those to come up out of their graves and put some new upon you. Amen. And then Amen. you will know that I am the most high God. So there are some of us in such a state that he's going to cause us to come up out of, that, out of, out of our grave clothes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, Sister Kaviva, I appreciate that. That was very good, very good. I'm kind of watching the time, but I didn't want to cut you off because you are absolutely right. We played Ezekiel 37, I think, the last two shows. So just to let you know, it comes up again on this show, folks. That's exactly what's happening right now. Ezekiel 37, right before your eyes. I didn't want to cut you off, but I just want to ask the caller, was there any other questions? Because I want to take a little short, short, short break and then come back and try to hit as much as we can. We may have to do a part two if the sisters are willing and able to do that. Any other questions, sister? Uh, no, that no other questions. <laughs> no other questions. But that's one of my favorite scriptures about the dry bones. And I just, as you were just sharing that, I just sensed it in my spirit. Just the work that's being done, just by having the word of God go forth and touching the hearts of people. And and I'm just so excited about that stirring that's happening of those bones coming together and coming to life and having the breath just blown into them and life resurrecting them basically. And so I just am so encouraged by hearing that. Thank you for sharing that. 
Well, thank you for calling in. Like I tell everybody, Sister Arlene always calls the show. She is very quiet at times, but I appreciate it. If she was moved to ask a question, folks, that is big. It's huge. Thank you, Sister Arlene. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Enjoy. Love Bye-bye. You. Well, folks, that was the wife, uh, the one and only Arlene Turner. She don't always call shows. Y'all better feel privileged that she did. I'm just joking. But listen, uh, it is a privilege to hear though. Sister Kaviva, that was good. I didn't want to cut you off, but it's on the time sake. I think what I'm going to have to do versus just rushing you, sisters, is just do a part two, and then part two we concentrate on how to live as the real Israelites. I kind of apologize for those that want to hear more about that, but we're going to take a little short break and hit it just a little bit. Are you sisters able to come back next week for part two when we just hit that that particular question a little harder? We're going to hit it after the break, but maybe next week we'll flip-flop and do just a little bit more. Actually, I think we've talked enough about Christianity versus Israelites. Uh, we'll just talk that whole show on how to live as the real Israelites. That's after all, the show last time that got over 8,000 responses. So are y'all able and willing to come back next week? I hate to put you on the spot, but might as well ask you now. <laughs> I'm able, and I am. You can always say you can get back with me or something like that. That's fine, too. Uh, yes, yes, I'm able. Sister <laughs> Eliana? I answered. Can okay. Well, it looked like there's going to be a part two we'll revisit next week. How should we live as the real Israelites? It's going to take a little short break. We're going to come back and hit it just a little bit. And maybe next week we'll kind of recap a lot of things briefly, like, I don't know, 30 minutes of Christianity versus uh, Hebrew Israelites, just, just to stay true to the whole uh, description of the show. But make no qualms about it. Next week this, that'll be the show where we hit 80%, I'll say, of how should we live as the real Israelites. So we're going to take a little short break, and we'll be right back. i got to get something to drink, among other things. We'll be right back, folks. Doctor, one of your other books mm-hmm. uh, is reversing. Hold on. That is not what I meant to open up. Here we go.
Again, you listen to Five from the Star Network. I'm Brother Seth, and we have some very smart ladies in the house. More smarter, should say more spiritual. We have some very spiritual sisters in the house tonight. They're blessing the people, and we appreciate it. We thank them, and we know that the Father is going to reward them for their servant being such good service in the kingdom tonight. Folks, listen. Um, wanted to remind everybody really briefly that last week's show, if you missed it, remember, all you need to do is just simply type in blog, talk radio, Google it, blog, talk radio, space, five smooth stones, and you can see any of our old shows any of the shows, all right, you can see them. Last week we talked about Black Panther. You can check it out. It's doing very good in the numbers. That means our people are listening uh, for the hope that we talked about from that movie. Um, next week, I'm not sure what we're doing. Oh, I do know what we're doing. What am I talking about? I'm moving too fast. We're going to be having part two. And Sister Eliana and Sister Kaviva, uh, I'm coming to you here in a second. But, uh, folks, listen, you are hearing very distinct differences, and I kind of wish that there was actually more differences. I wish that we had some other people with some other angles that actually disagree. Why would I want that? To show you just we're regular, everyday people that is just some of us go to traditional churches. Some of us have worshiped with strictly Israelites. Some of us listen to Christian television uh, like I do, like my wife does. Uh, we believe some people to be inspired of the Most High that don't know we Israel. We listen to other people in other avenues, not on Christian television, that believe we Israelites. Uh, we listen to both sides. Uh, definitely, I know I do. My wife not as much, but she does listen to And the big thing is we have the Holy Spirit. Again, like I said earlier, um, I just mainly look for people that are inspired the most high. I remember some of the most powerful words I ever got wasn't when I found that I was Israelite. It was when I was had that white man up on my house, in my walls, in my house, uh, in my Bible. Some of the most profound things I learned about the Father was when I was yet in that deception. How, how does that happen, Brother Seth? Well, you can be deceived in one area. You can be deceived in one area, can be, and have truth in another area. There was a very powerful man of, 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 of Yah by the name of Kenneth Hagan who taught millions, and the man was profound. E.W. Kenyon is a lot of these folks who's no joke, but they struggle with racism. A lot of us Israelites is out in the streets spitting at white people, spewing hate, cussing out folk. What's the problem? Do they have? Do they, are they right? Yep. Is it true, Israel? Yep. Oh, that's the young people say, yup. <laughs> well, what's the problem? They just need that ruach, as the sister Kaviva was saying, to, to just show them more truth. So Israelites, to me, don't have a franchise on truth. They do have a franchise on one thing, for sure, and that is we are Israel. And then a lot of them go even deeper as the sisters, Eliana. But I'll, I'll be honest, folks, and I'm coming to you, sisters. 
I'll be honest with you, these sisters are sharp as a razor. That is not to say that for everybody in the movement. A lot of people struggle with all types of unforgiveness, bitterness. They people spewing hatred. And by the way, don't just Google uh, Hebrews like and go to YouTube because you will get your feelings hurt. That's that's the wrong place to go. Cause a lot of those people just spewing hatred. And I got news from them that they think the Father is pleased with that. And then you can flip on Christian television and hear somebody as white as I don't know what just just look like powder. <laughs> talking about love and and valuing each other and then some of them struggle with racism. So again, we're all in this walk. I do think uh I remember one brother I'm coming to y'all, uh, I guess I remember one brother said something to me and I thought it was profound brother Terry, he actually was on the show before Yahshua is what he go by. But Yahshua said something to me that troubled me. He said, I don't believe none of them supposed to be teaching us. I said, so you don't listen to Christian television? He said, no, none of them. I don't think that's what he's teaching us. Man, we had the biggest argument. I kept saying, how can you talk about people? There's all types of folks getting salvaged, delivered from drugs, all types of stuff that the Hebrew community has yet to produce a lot of them. I'm not speaking for Sister Eliana and Sister Kaviva. I'm talking about the vast majority of the Hebrew Israelites I know, especially these young ones on the Internet. They don't have that kind of fruit. So this brother, I, I had problems with that, but I've come to realize something. Y'all going to be shocked. He's going to be shocked to hear me admit these words. I have come to realize the truth. While we, most of us, is not in a position to teach the world like these folks are doing on Daystar, because they are talking to the world, I do think he's right. Meaning this part of what he was saying when he said they, they are not we're supposed to be teaching them because the scripture talks about Israel being just that. We're supposed to lead the nations to the world. So he's right. But I don't think you just drop them all of a sudden and just don't listen to nothing they say. I think we have to get in that position. We have to grow and mature. And it's going to come a time when Israel will teach the world, just like he said he believes. I believe that, brother. I believe that, brother. I think he was on to something, but I don't know about his comment of they can't tell me nothing. Uh, that I don't know about. But so anyway, let's go to the phone lines. Um, put a little music on here. But folks, I tell you, I'm trying to just just uh, one more thing I want to just say before we're gonna come. And folks, just remember we're gonna do a part two next week. Uh, part two, so they don't need us trying to even get into this whole how we know we as well. Um, let's see what the sisters want to do. Okay, Eric code seven zero seven nine eight zero. Kaviva, your line is open. It's just Eliana, your line is open. I want y'all to go ahead and put final touches on this. Obviously, we're not going to be able to get into how should we live as the real Israelites. I have to take that break, and that's not enough time to really hit this thing. So you sisters definitely, again, agree to come on next week, and we hit, we do a part two to this, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, what I'd like for you to do at this time is y'all go ahead and get final touches on Christianity versus Hebrews. I shouldn't say versus, wrong word. Let me back up. If you could talk about Christianity and the difference uh, uh, between Christianity and Hebrew Israelites, if you could just put the final touches on that, and then I like for both of you, if you don't mind, to, to pray for our people. Pray for our people, please, if you don't mind. Uh, that's how I want to close this out. So, if you could make your your uh, final.
final about no more than about three minutes. I really would appreciate it. Okay. <clears throat> I would so, say so, that. Viva, why don't you go first? Sister I'm sorry, She's I didn't hear the question. Uh, I wanted you to put your final touches on the difference between Christianity and Hebrew Israelite. Again, folks, I'm looking at the phone lines. Anybody want to ask a quick question? Hands need to go up really quick. We're wrapping up the show. But, yes, yeah, Sister Kaviva, uh, just any final thoughts about the difference between Christianity and and Hebrew Israelites, a lot of people, I think they can see it a little clear. Uh, I, um, some people may interpret you guys as being a little hard. I say you guys, you ladies, it's been a little hard on Christianity. Maybe you can address that a little bit because y'all hit it pretty hard. I mean, I did, and then to say you don't listen to any Christian television, I understand that. I do think a lot of it is what Sister Eliana said. I talk about it all the time. Folks, I'm telling y'all, I talk about it all the time. And that's one of the reasons I, I didn't attend church for a long, long time. But the father, just really briefly, the father uh, arrested me and showed me that while you're dodging these ministers in their ignorance, you're also abandoning uh, uh, relationships. You know, there's some young kids that may need your guidance. And, and I'm talking about if you can't find a Hebrew Israelite congregation. That's very realistic to find a Hebrew Israelite congregation. This is something that's a challenge in the Dallas Fort Worth area to find people that are really teaching, and that's not on some cuckoo. I mean, there's some brother, there's some people I know that believe we Israel, but there's such babies in other areas. You just do you really want to give up a seasoned church that's doing all types of things in the community, doing this, doing that, to go to somebody that just believe we Israel, but. They don't believe in the righteousness of Christ. They don't believe in, they don't understand grace. They don't understand, I mean, just, sometimes it's hard to find these congregations. So I just want y'all to kind of hit that a little bit, and that's why people listen to Christian television and go to a lot of these traditional churches, because some of these pastors, I'm telling y'all, especially in this area, they're doing some really good things. I mean, getting people off drugs, getting people into church, seeking them. They are those Seths and Elianas and Arlene's and Sister Kavivas in our earlier years when we was when we had that white Jesus. I don't know if y'all even ever had it, but I I worship where they had it up, and we was casting our demons. They was casting our not out. I wasn't at the time as a child, but folks was having major deliverances. And they were white people. So you're supposed to leave all of that and go to somebody that just believe we Israel but don't have none of that going on in their life to have no miracles? Address that. That maybe can be your final comments, please. And then we'll wrap this up. Chris Kaviva. Uh, well, first of all, let me, like I made it, my comment was that I believe that um, it may be for some of those especially those who are coming into the knowledge of Yeshua, coming into the knowledge of Christ, let's put it that way, and, and, and coming into salvation. There is a fundamental thing that is being taught. There is a foundation, yes, that you can grab from the church. I'm not knocking the church, but I did think that you were, I thought you were talking about television evangelism. I do go into certain churches, and I do uh, uh, 
help when the father sends me in. And yes. I work with various uh, children, women, or whatever. And I do do that. So I have, I'm not opposed to the church, but I do know that there is teachings that is an era of that which God uh, set up. So that's that's what I wanted to make a comment on, but I do believe it has its place for right now. But God will do, it's by degrees, kind of like what your wife said, that it, He will bring them out by degrees, and that's what I said in the book of Ezekiel, chapter thirty-four. He said, "You prophets and you preachers, did, you priests did not teach my children. You left them out for prey. But don't worry, I'm going to gather my kids myself. I'm going to gather my children myself. But I'm going to deal with you priests. So God is going to do a sovereign work. But some of us must be cleaned up. Some of us have to go through that way to come in. We all count. Kind of that was our starting point. And and the Father That's has brought us." A greater revelation So we have to start somewhere And first of all we have to know That we are in sin Or we have transgressed God's word And we need to repent And come back to the Father So that going into that place Brings us to that uh, When we come into the church doors And, 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 and the people are laboring Yes, I've seen uh, uh, Demonic spirits being cast out We have cast out My sister and I have worked together Casting out demons out of people so Yes, we know that the, this that It was a foundational teaching So it's not that we're knocking it But when you come into The Bible says it this way As you find the way Walk therein you see? Yes. So yes. you have yes. to well, find I, I want, the way. I, 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 I want to say this, Sister Khadija, then I'll come back to you and close up in, in less than a minute here. But, Sister, we talked about all these characteristics of Israel, all these curses that, we, that, that they're walking in, and it does have curses, folks, characteristics that our preachers, how they will behave. Just so y'all know, I'm in 100% agreement with what the sister's saying. It does say y'all are going to prophesy and half-heal the women of Zion. It used the word half-heal. I'm serious. It's in your Bible. So the sister is on to something. It, it is, it's very true. So I'm not knocking if these preachers are not telling the truth or sometimes they're just plain, plain or ignorant. But all I'm saying is, again, there's a lot of people that want to be a part. They want to follow the Father. They know we Israel. They've come across it. They see the revelation. And when they go try to find churches, it's a mess. My wife didn't go into it because she's just being nice. But we have tried our best to fellowship with various churches, synagogues, Please, what these folks teaching? It's crazy. It's like you just jump from the fire to the uh uh how you say it, the fire pan to the fire or something like yeah. So what do you do? What do you do? So that's why a lot of us continue to listen to certain good programming on Christian television. We we pick and choose, spit out. No Joe Lowe's things. We can only do Jake's to a certain degree. I feel like sometimes he pimps the women's emotions. There's something wrong with you. Every week you're having to resurrect women. There's something wrong with that. I, I, I don't want to. I'm not saying he's not a man of of of, of, of the father, but I don't. I don't want to start calling names because you know I don't want to 
Bible does say touch not my anointed. I'm, I'm not touching their character, but I definitely am touching with their teaching. So we have a long list of ministers that uh, we just don't think is on par. I just didn't. Nobody want to talk about hell. Nobody want to talk about judgment. I mean, I'm with you, sister. But again, the Israelite question, folks, is not the the revelation. It's not the biggest revelation. But I tell you one thing: a lot of things you will understand with that knowledge, sister. Go ahead and wrap up in less than a minute, sister Eliana. If you can go about three minutes out there, then I want you, y'all, your sisters, to pray if you don't mind, and we'll wrap up the show. Okay, and I'd like to say it like this: Matthew seven, verse twenty-one. Hold on, hold on, mm. Sister Kaviva, were you done? I, I think I can't oh, cut into you. I was just wanting you to finish up in less than a minute, Sister Eliana. Will... Uh, no, 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 That's I'm, I'm done. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, Sister Eliana, go ahead, please. Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Again, iniquity being a condition of the heart. So just like Kaviva was saying and Brother Seth was saying, the issue of the Hebrew and versus the issue of the Christian. And not, not saying that all Christians don't have their heart right before the Father, but a lot of times the teachers and the leaders in these, these in the Christianity will be just as what Yeshua said, that they will say in your name, we have done these things, we've prophesied, we've cast out devils, we've done many works, wonderful works, wonderful works. They have the money to do it. They have the backing to do it, the following, the fame. But Yeshua will say, I don't know you. Your work was of iniquity. Your heart wasn't right. Just like he said, many are caught into racism. Even some of our um, Hebrew pastors in churches, you know, they still, they'll still make comments that are coming from a broken place and breaking the people. And Yeshua yeah, said, yeah. speak. Comfort, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. That's the reason why I teach with the hope, because I understand we are a people, we have been through many things. We need hope. We need the truth, but we need hope. We need to know that it's going to be all right, that the Father still loves us, and in spite of everything we've been through as a people, we, there is a hope. There is a hope, and it's a great hope. And there is yes, yes. A, a coming out. There's a time when we're going to come out of all of these things. And I'll tell you this. After 2019, we're going to see a lot of different things happening. And you know what? When the Father gathers us to that place that he's prepared for us, we're not going to have differences of opinion. We're not going to be coming from different angles. Right. We're all going to have the same understanding. That's right. That hope is going to burn inside of us because that's what the Father promised to do, and he will do it. So I want to encourage everybody to just hold that faith and that hope 
and always yeah. give praises unto the name of the Most High because he, he's faithful. The scripture says, whom the Lord loves, he chastises as a father and the son in whom he delights. So our chastisement is only because the father loves us so greatly, so dearly. You know, he loves us tremendously. So be encouraged. You are highly favored. That's why we say I'm blessed and highly favored. We are all highly favored of the Most High. Yes, beautiful. Beautiful, sister. And that, that is your claim to fame as far as I know my wife would say that, and I say it, I say it as well. You always seem to find hope. And then uh, Sister Kaviva comes in tonight and just share powerful truths. Uh, I really, really, really am looking forward to next week having your sisters on again. I can only imagine what y'all are going to be talking about when we talk about how should we live as the real Israelites today. Again, I apologize to those that tune in to hear that because many of you saying, okay, I understand the difference between Hebrew Israelite and Christianity. I call and listen. So we apologize, but we had to say this because some people are just not clear, and Sister Eliana spoke of it very brilliantly earlier about the deception in Christianity. I believe it's there. I think a whole lot of Christian television is full of it, but I just don't give up where anybody that fear the Most High is. I know how this thing works. The Father will speak through various people, and I think a lot of whites he speaks to just to make sure we listen to them just so we can love them. You know, we we trying to write them off, and a lot of us, not these sisters, but a lot of us want to write them off because we got problems in our hearts. So he'll use the despised, the rejected among us, which is white folks, and just to sometimes I think to keep us balanced. But I do believe, like the brother told me a long time ago, he don't believe that they're supposed to be teaching us. Now that I believe, I think it's gonna happen. But we just don't up to stop listening to him. We just say, you know what? I'm listening. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. Whoever the Father bring across your path, that you hear. And I think these sisters would agree with that. Well, listen, Sister Viva and Sister Eliana, I want either one of you to pray. It doesn't matter who. Uh, I think I just want to go with one of you praying for the for the nation. Uh, go ahead. Um, if both of you can just say a quick prayer, but I don't want to time no prayers. I, I, let's just go ahead and now. Uh, which one of you just want to pray? Who's, who's feeling that on on you tonight? Let me just ask you. We just do one person. Go ahead, Sister Kaviva. Well, I was going to say, Sister Kaviva, if you could pray for our family, pray for the nation, pray for the true Israelites. I know we're we only one tribe, but just pray, pray as the Spirit will lead you, and then we'll wrap up the show, please. I'm sorry, Sister Eliana. Please do it for me. I'm having. Okay. Okay, Father, okay, go right here. I understand. Go ahead, Sister Eliana. We thank you, Most High, for your grace, your mercy, your love, and your loving kindness today. We ask that you would be mindful of our situation here in captivity, Almighty Yah, that you would heal our families, heal our land, heal our nation, heal us, Almighty Yah. We are your people. You are waking us up as your word promised, as you gave it to your servants and your prophets, O oh God, that you would wake us up, Zion, and you would bring us out at the appointed time. You would gather us from the four winds of the earth and from all the places that you've scattered us. And we know that you are in the process of doing that right now. So we ask that you would encourage the hearts of your people, that you would bless and touch each one 
Oh, Most High, do not forget our suffering. Do not forget the calamities that are continuing to happen to us daily, daily in this land of our captivity. We ask you, O Most High, to raise up a standard against the enemy as we are coming to a place where we will do a corporate repentance before you as a nation of Israel. We have done it individually, but as a nation, O Most High, you are bringing us to a point where we will repent before you, as you said, and we will turn our hearts back toward you. You will hear. You will hear from heaven. You will forgive our sins, the sins of our forefathers, and you will heal our land. And we are looking forward to that day. We are excited because we are closely approaching that day. And so we thank you. We give thanks to you. We give thanks unto your holy name. We give thanks unto your righteousness. We give thanks to you, Most High, because you are the Yah of our salvation. And we give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Bless Brother Seth and his wife for this outreach for this program and that everyone who's listening would also receive of your Ruach and your presence in Yahushua's name. Hallelujah. 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 Just means praise Yah, folks. All right. Well, Sister uh, Kaviva, Yes. Thank you again for tuning in tonight. Uh, your oh. line is, I'm going to go ahead and mute your line. And Sister Eliana, I'm going to go ahead and mute your line here in about 10 seconds. Y'all want to say good night to the people? Good night, everyone. Blessings and shalom. Good night, everyone. All right. Shalom. All right, folks. And there you have it, the sisters, Kaviva, Eliana. Bless. I tell you, bless, bless, bless. Everybody's not that season, but just know they're they're coming. Check out this last song. I think you'll be blessed by it. I love every single one of y'all. It ain't nothing you can do about it.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.